like a few like weeks after that, I, you know, I thought the Holy Spirit was convicting me to share my testimony um, with someone there. And so I, I ended up talking to one of the girls who was one of the leaders at the high school group and she went to the college group and she was like, you know, this is a sin more suitable to talk to a man about. And I'm like, uh, you know, is I, it because I might want to suck his dick? No, sorry, right, I don't exactly, know. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, <laughs> give me an opportunity. I mean, let's, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gay. Can I, can I try out on you? <laughs> if I don't like it, that, that would be God telling you that it's all, all going to be okay. Exactly. Oh my God. So like in that situation, I just respond with like, well, I take it all back. I don't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. And I'm Casey. And one of Casey's heroes today, uh, maybe not today, but this week, uh, big news, Casey, one of your big time heroes, Ghislaine Maxwell just got convicted on like, what, five or six counts of some shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw a meme that said, uh, it showed a picture of her and Jeffrey and it said, true love means finishing each other's sentences. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that was perfect. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like. It's kind of weird. The con- the conviction was like basically calling what they had a pyramid scheme for grooming children. You're like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm surprised that anything stuck, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just so rich people don't get off like that. I mean, they get off plenty of ways, but not like that. <laughs> they definitely get off like that. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I think at this point it was there was so much hype and public interest in the case. Like, it would have been really tough for them to do anything but convictor and and have it not turn into it like a you know pizzagate sort of situation <laughs> yeah like more of a pizzagate situation i mean then we would have had a uh what was that movie was it gerard what is a gerard butler movie where he's like in jail going after the jurors that convicted him or something like that oh that- yeah that was a good one yeah. was we it uh, a situation like that on our hands law-abiding citizen right yeah that might have been it it's weird because i it's stuck but i don't recall that much of it i kind of remember the ending being a little bit weak being like that yeah cool he like had a secret hiding place to get out of prison i don't know felt a little played out but i give the movie a solid seven i guess yeah i haven't seen it in a long time i was a very different person when i watched it yeah but <laughs> who doesn't love revenge movies like i know revenge that movies is... may be the best it's genre one of the I, I remember watching a revenge movie that i was expecting nothing from and i'm i think it was called death was it called death sentence it had kevin bacon in it yeah it was just kevin bacon it was just a pure revenge film it was kevin it was bacon great wasn't fucking it? people up in a bunch of different ways yeah like nobody talked about that movie either but i remember watching it and just being like this movie's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I remember just, I, it kind of blew me away. It was one of the first real like uh, plot, almost plotless revenge films. Like some revenge films have a more like uh, law abiding citizen had a more elaborate plot. Uh, and So that was kind of fun. Like, but, but this Kevin Bacon movie had no plot. 
I mean, I don't. I, it has to be the least amount of plot I've ever seen in a movie where this bad thing happened, and these people are responsible. And the entire movie is him just like arming himself to the teeth and fucking every single one of them. Man, the the best <laughs> revenge movie of all time, in my opinion. After Stop. we talked to Amber Biola, oh yeah, I sent this movie to her, uh, and she loved it. But it's a Korean movie. It's called I Saw the Devil. Oh yeah, and yeah. It is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I have it's to so watch. good and absolutely brutal. If you haven't seen it, oh my god, you got to watch it. It's all in subtitles, but it's fine. You'll you'll love it. You said Amber ended up watching it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you, you guys have, to like have a person who like takes a movie recommendation and actually watches the movie. Yeah, I'm it's not like that one guy. more reason that Amber is the best. <laughs> And one well, it, it, reason I'm not the best. let's let's be honest, you don't like a lot of things uh, that aren't <laughs> in your orbit already. Like if they're I, not already a part of your uh, your 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 met this the Shipman metaverse, it's it's not yeah, coming in. Look, I I definitely can come off as a hater. Uh, I know I went a little hard on country music last week. Uh, <laughs> look, if I spent time apologizing for every one of my missteps or misspeaks. Every intro would just be an apology for the last. So I'm fine just leaving that where it is. I don't mean to offend. If you like, I, I really, if you get to, if you know me, I think that this comes out generally if you know me or if you've been listening for a while. I don't care what you like. I really don't. If you, if it makes you feel good, I mean, unless it's like, you know, I don't want you to be a Josh Duggar or anything like that, then we might, <laughs> but, <laughs> but reasonably speaking, I don't care what people like. Uh, but if I don't like it, I'll have some shade to throw at it, but I won't, uh, I'm, it, it sounds more judgmental than it's supposed. That's all. You shady fella. Very uh, yeah, shady. We have, so for the, Casey and I have, uh, and another friend have the, yeah, Jesse, you know, uh, I've talked about it a million times. You've seen him on a, heard him on a fellowship Friday. We have a group text and Casey sends us recommendations all the time. And so many of those were just like, Hmm. That's not for me, I guess. It's usually music. I, I shouldn't say like rec, just general recs, but uh, we get music recs all the time. We That's what we do in that for a, a good portion of it is just like the new music comes out that comes our way and we just throw it into the chat and let it lay there. Like you don't really expect a response. It's like, hey, if you're looking for something that's kind of like this, oh, this is kind of poppy and fun. Check it out. Usually no comments, but a lot of the ones you share, Casey, we're like, yeah, I don't know about that, dude. There's just so many POD songs that I'm not sure that you've heard before. <laughs> it's not you have. It's like this weird. I you listen to a lot of music where the artists have like a shtick, like <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I know one in particular that you're gonna bring up. I but... I don't even remember it. I I don't remember the name. I just remember being like, "Look, that's too much for me. That's a lot." And then that one is understandable. It's Twelve Foot Ninja. Okay, <laughs> but you we just about one the Davis. other day, and I feel like there was like um, a theatric to it. Not that that always bothers me. Like, I mean, my number one most listened to band this year on Spotify was Sleep Token, and I only learned about them the last quarter of this year, and I listened to them that much. And they have a shtick, and a weird one at that. It's particularly strange, uh, but. I'll let, I, I guess that's what everyone else is doing. Letting it, maybe some people get into it. I would say I will let it go if the music hits me right. Like, I'm not into it. It's not sucking me in. You're not bringing me into your world. 
Um, that's probably, I bet there's a direct correlation between people who like bands with shticks and also play D and D. That could be. Cause I'm not getting, I don't get sure. sucked into worlds and then participate in them like that. It just feels <laughs> weird to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't set out to find bands with a shtick, but they do seem they to find, find me. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I, this week I've been like, watching a bunch of videos and listening to stuff. What do you what do you know about the metaverse? Oh, like the Facebook shit. I mean all of it. Yeah, Facebook is one part of it. Their their particular metaverse, but there's like multiple ones and I Wait, I'm you're... like fascinated by this now. Okay, I don't know anything. Uh I didn't I as far as I know, it's creating like uh an online reality. I thought, I mean, I know other people have, have tried it, but I didn't know that any really existed for people to participate in. Is that not correct? Are you going to, you going to write this ship? Yeah, there's a bunch of them now. There's okay. like, uh, like there's one called Sandbox that I guess is a really prominent one. Uh, Snoop Dogg owns some land in, in Sandbox and somebody paid half a million dollars to buy the plot next to Snoop Dogg. So there's Snoop Dogg's neighbor in Sandbox. What? Yeah, like buying digital real estate now is a huge thing and it's bringing a lot of money. And not only that, but there's, there's like people have jobs in these different metaverses that they make whatever the like the, you know, currency is in that particular one. Like Sandbox has its own cryptocurrency that's traded on exchanges and stuff like that there's like decentraland there's a bunch of them i'm like just getting like kind of scratching the surface but i feel like we're it's ripe for scam and uh oh yeah that's that's (laughs) all all i want i just want to find like an angle on a particular like on a scam that nobody's exploited yet yeah and they're not illegal yet right you get into it right before there's like any like you can't get held accountable for your actions in there because no, the law hasn't caught up to it yet. That's I'm not talking about stealing for. anybody's money. I'm talking oh. about people okay. in a frenzy spending money with me before whatever it is burns out and goes away and nobody cares anymore. What you want to spend your own money? That's not a no. Scam. They spend me. They give me their money. That's stealing money. That's no, basically. I'm selling. If I'm selling something, right? But I'm saying at some point what you're probably thinking of will be will have laws surrounding it in guiding the practices a little bit more it's the wild oh, west yeah. right now well what I'm, saying. I'm sure big government get their hooks in it eventually it's and like selling squeezing the life out of illegal. it yeah <laughs> it's on kratom or was and it that Sativa? i have experience with maybe Sat- i should be selling like digital kratom yeah uh or uh i mean there's plenty of stuff like I just heard a piece on NPR uh, about how from this guy who, I don't know, he did a lot of shit with magic mushrooms and wrote about it and did a lot back in the 60s before they were illegal. I guess it wasn't until like six uh, mid-60s that shrooms became illegal, which is kind of cool. Like that means like people are just doing those bad boys left and right. Just picking them off turds and, and popping them in. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is fine. And no one was like... it. It's weird because the legality sets the tone, right? Before it was illegal, people were probably like, that's not really for me, but it's off everybody's radar and they're not really worried about it. And the second something's made illegal, they go, it must be really bad for you. Like when 
weed became illegal. Like people used to yeah. smoke weed and it'd be like, that's not for me. Or it probably didn't really cross their path. And if it did, some people were like, I do this. And they'd be like, I don't think I do. And they moved on. But no hype was generated around it until there was like legal repercussions for doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think everybody just sort of accepted like, well, the government wouldn't ban this if it was good for you or if there was if there wasn't like horrible consequences. Meanwhile, you could like answer an ad in the back of a magazine and buy like radium infused protein powder. Yeah, yeah. That just eats <laughs> your bottom jaw off. Like the government do stuff that hurts people. I mean, they outlawed mushrooms around the same time they, uh, well, I guess 10 years or so before they started the practice of redlining and that. Never would have been. I mean, they wouldn't do anything that's bad or wrong, right? No, no. And I'm sure they had their reasons. They had probably tested it on a black community somewhere. Yeah, no shit, dude. MK Ultra, dude. That's what wasn't that what MK Ultra was? Well, that was like mind control. But Tuskegee uh, Project was yeah, was the one where they they infected black community with syphilis. Syphilis, yeah. But MK Ultra was like, let's just like drop acid tabs in people's diet coke and see what happens to them yeah yeah there's a <laughs> lot of that so like un- dosing unsuspected people they actually like i listened to a thing last year where they talked about like them testing biological weapons on uh navy sailors like in the 60s i think it was really yeah like purposely infected a a, a ship and you know observed the consequences and the results and stuff. That's that's the least uh helpful explanation of what happened. But you know, you could probably Google from there, I would imagine. Google it and if he's wrong, just message us. Just go we'll... to prisonplanet.com and search Navy. Are you is that, are you serious? Prison, that's a... Prison Planet is InfoWars Light. Oh, or it... InfoWars <laughs> Alternate. I've never heard Don't of do it. that. Yeah, you'll get uh get some malware for sure. Yeah, they'll put you on a list, start watching your uh peeling through your phone looking for buffalo helmets and whatnot. <laughs> Dude, I feel like there's one thing that we got into in this episode that I, I do want to slightly address before we introduce our guest. Um in this episode we talked about chemical castration because it came up in relation to a previous conversation we had about oh, Josh. Oh yes. Um, and I was mostly right about it. You were dogging on me pretty hard, but it is a, I, I mentioned it might've been a pill. That's not true. It's, it's an injection, uh, but and it is temporary and it basically makes you, uh, essentially asexual. Now I did only some marginal research, so I, I only have the cliff notes here, but I think it's super interesting and I'm just going to set the record straight before the episode plays. So that way, when you're hearing it, you already know that I'm an idiot and that I don't know. what I'm talking. I thought about just addressing it in the uh, next week. So I sounded reasonable and you had mostly forgotten everything I said by then, but eh, whatever it's fresh in my mind because uh, I was interested in it after feeling like I might be wrong. So it, other co- there are there are countries that have um, allowed people to ha- serve shorter sentences, like pedophiles to to serve shorter sentences if they undergo chemical castration for like their parole. 
so like they get out early, but they're on parole for, I think the remainder of their sentence, but they undergo chemical castration. Some people do it. Some people don't. There was like a study where it was like 40 out of 48 people who subjected themselves to the study said that they had no real sexual urges at all. They essentially were asexual. Uh, I, some of the, the controversy around it is like, is the issue of agency, right? So like, is someone making like a free will choice if they're choosing chemical castration versus prison time? Uh, because there are, I said there were in the episode, I, I said there were basically no side effects to it. And that's not true. Uh, they're, they're It's like very rare, but potentially serious side effects. Um, and they actually use it that the same, the same procedure to treat certain cancers. Uh, I, I might've been prostate cancer, uh, possibly testicular cancer, Wikipedia. If you it's really down care. There. Yeah. It's down around something, that neighborhood. something has to do with the things that, you know, have You're to do dangling with... participle. Exactly. The gonads. Um, but yeah, so they're, they, they use it for the treat cancer, uh, because it like limits your ability to produce sperm and kind of, I don't know, I guess it minimizes the need for certain things down there. But so that it actually does serve a purpose outside of just trying to make uh, pedophiles not want to have sex with underage children. So, and of course, usually when dealing with cancer, people are willing to accept more risk, right? Like chemotherapy, it's basically poison. You go, that's fine. I don't want to die. So, but when it comes to like prison, they're like, well, you can choose this or just stay in prison. And some people say that it's not a fair choice, uh, given the side effects. And it's, it's hard for people to make a conscious decision to weigh that versus their freedom. I don't really know. I don't feel like I have a, a horse in that race because I, it doesn't, that doesn't sound like an ethical gray area to me. It's just like, do you want to serve 20 years or 10 and then be chemically castrated for 10 of those? I mean, that's, Feels like a reasonable choice. I don't. It's more of a choice than not having a choice at all. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about like it. You, you, you have the option. Yeah, I mean, just explain the side effects. I mean, I, I just, it's hard for me to feel like it's unfair. I mean, you're in jail because you're a pedophile. So I'm fine with you being there. I mean, I don't care what choice you make. <laughs> it's like, yeah, or a you know, rapist or something like that. Right. I mean, assuming yeah, rapist they were rightfully convicted. Yeah. Which uh, there's and, always going to be a segment that's not. I don't yeah. know. That's, that's, you know, I think about it more and more about how few things are black and white in life. Like there's just no easy answer on whether or not that's a, that's a reasonable thing to put in front of a person who's looking at 20 years or 30 years in prison. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it's an option that those people didn't have before. They can always serve out the rest of the prison. Sentence. I don't know. One There's no the, easy way around it. One of the criticisms of the studies is that because there aren't a lot of in-depth studies on it, uh, they're small numbers. It, 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 they're good information, but uh, the but the the argument against them says that that when you're mm-hmm. dealing with people who are willing to trade their freedom, I, I mean their their lack of freedom for chemical castration that you're looking at people who favor freedom over sexual pleasure or experience. So 
when you're giving people the option, the people who are going to take that option are the ones who value freedom more highly, which would make them less likely to repeat offend anyway. So this 44, this like 40 out of 48 number may be skewed because all of them voluntarily would have chosen it which means they generally prefer their freedom. But for the people who don't choose it, if it was a forced procedure, we don't have any data on that. So if they're like, I'll just take my 20 years and then we come up with some scheme that says, look, you do your 20 and then for you know the remain for the rest of your life or for the next 10 years, whatever, we'll come and castrate you uh, and then see how that goes. We don't have a lot of good data to say that they won't repeat because we're only collecting data on people who more who value freedom more highly is that am i being clear or making sense you... yeah so what option is available to uh genetically female sex offenders uh i don't know just, that there is <laughs> do they just have to like sit That's on the a problem with rat trap every morning just wear that around for the day or yes okay that, no that no you you I, I recall it's wild that I guessed I that. No. Yeah, like right off the specific. cuff. Because I said no, but then I remembered that I read that right before you said it. So. That's all right. Reading comprehension is love for homeschoolers. It, yeah, I mean, it took <laughs> the information I just regurgitated. I I rehearsed all week, so. So, uh, the documentary that I referenced when we were talking through that whole thing is called Heaven's Gate: The Cult of Cults. It's on HBO. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, Marshall Appleite was a nut. He was nuts. So fun, fun, fun watch. Um, so before we finish, I had this story that I keep forgetting to tell. <laughs> okay. And there's no point to it other than it's just fun because it's like genetic or a, a generational disconnect sort of thing. So Thanksgiving, we went over to my grandparents' house. And I mean, they, they have the internet, you know, they, my grandma plays games online and stuff like that, you know, but no, they don't do a lot on there. And so I go over there for Thanksgiving and my grandma's like, oh, Casey, come here, come here. I got to show you something. I got to show you something. So I come over there and uh, she has like, she's so excited to show me this. It's like a junk mail mailer, right? And on the yep. front of it, it's got like, t-shirts and coffee mugs and you know all sorts of little like doodads and knickknacks and things like that that say it's aggressive thing you wouldn't understand so it's like got our last name yeah on all these different things and you can order this crap right and she was like so excited that they had sent them a uh, <laughs> this junk mail mail which is basically like an analog pop-up yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> And she comes over and she's like, that's pretty neat, isn't it? And I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm looking at it. Yes, that's neat. Where's the X on it? <laughs> Wait, so this wasn't this just wasn't ordered. It was like they it, it's like a sales uh, tactic or something where you just. Yeah, it's like getting that, that uh, cheap oil change coupon in the mail from the yeah. local like Jiffy Lube or whatever. It's it's, it's, pretty it's funny. a literal mailer with all this crap on it, just like you would see on like a Facebook ad or something. She just was like blown away by it. She was very excited. She was holding on to it, you know? And then, uh, you know, about 30 minutes later, my grandpa came in and, uh, Hey, how's it going? He goes, Oh, Nancy, did you, did you show him? 
It's like, yeah, the the male, yeah, she showed me. <laughs> just, oh my god, it was so funny. They're so see, excited uh, about it. I love it. <laughs> very excited. So, uh, our guest this week. This is a fun episode. I think you're gonna yeah. really like this conversation. Uh, one of our new favorite people is George Azar. George runs the social media accounts and just written a book under the name uh, My Gay Church Days. And it's the story of how he grew up, you know, in a in a pretty normal home and somewhere in like junior high, early high school, he got evangelized and really threw himself into evangelicalism, um, all the while kind of coping with his sexuality, which he didn't fully understand and embrace yet. He ends up becoming a pastor and then later has to leave the church, the faith, embrace, you know, his true identity and stuff. And it is just a great story about, you know, coming of age and figuring out who you are and just like all the bumps in the road along the way. And I don't know. He is a super funny guy. Very nice. We had a great time talking with him and you should check out his book, which drops in February. Yeah, it's February. He he, he mentions it at the end uh, and we'll put it in the show notes, but yeah, mid, mid February, I believe. And you can also follow him. He's he's listed under My Gay Church Days on Instagram and I think pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. He was so much fun. Uh, he's just, again, we've had a few lately, but uh, one of those people like you hit it off with. Uh, it feels like you've been friends for a while. You make jokes that you might not necessarily make with people you just met uh, and they go over great. So we all just had a good time, you know, walking through a story together, but also taking a lot of rabbit trails uh, and just telling funny stories and joking about all things related to growing up in the evangelical world. So I think you'll, I think you'll all really enjoy this conversation. Holy shit, everyone, it's 2022. And what better way to bring in the new year than with Captain Cecil's Coffee? New year, new coffees. With flavors like Atlantic and Daymark, there is a host of single-source blends, one that is surely going to fit your palate and make your morning a lot better. Captain Cecil's proudly donates 10% of all sales to various lighthouse preservation organizations across New England. Going into the holiday season, he offered us a very generous promo code of 20%, but because Captain Cecil's loves us and the growing up Christian community so much, he's decided to extend that 20% to our listeners going into the new year. So go to captaincecilscoffee.com and remember to enter the promo code GROWINGUPCHRISTIAN at checkout for 20% off your order, and of course, all orders over $50 get free shipping. That's CaptainCecilsCoffee.com. Enter promo code GrowingUpChristian. Hey, everyone. We're back with our guest, George Azar. Uh, you will... I'm super excited to talk to you, George. So thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So just to... Even though we'll probably obviously do a bit of an intro for you ahead of time, just to launch it you know, right out the gate, you can give us kind of like the quick cliff notes, right? Of So you, you recently wrote a book called my gay church days. Uh, I through Instagram, I saw that you just had all the, a bunch of copies delivered to your house, which looks really exciting. That must be such a good feeling to oh. have your first book 
a bunch of copies delivered to your house. <laughs> it's also very nerve wracking because like literally like I called I called uh, my marketer. I was like, I don't know about this. I want to change it. And he's like, you already have 100 <laughs> copies in your apartment. Stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of missed the boat on a little that last minute editing's not going to really fly at this point, is it? Literally. <laughs> Now, have you considered like the uh, the like Tucker Carlson strategy, where you just buy like a hundred thousand copies yourself, just to kind of up the oh, numbers? Yeah, of course. I mean, isn't that the only way to do it? <laughs> well, Mark, Dris- Mark Driscoll did that too. He was uh, he made that move. Uh, way to man, drop my idol. Like <laughs> yeah, I can tell you have a strong connection to Mark Driscoll. <laughs> oh yeah, we hang out on the weekends. It's pretty, we're pretty tight. <laughs> So and Tucker, let, let's. Uh, I I want to. Obviously, you don't want to give away the entire book. You want to leave some stuff for the imagination. But I think it, it, I'd love to just you know kind of get the snapshot of it. Let's kind of get into your life a little bit. Um, you, because my understanding is you were an evangelical pastor. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. And so, and you threw it all away. You could have made <laughs> someone. You and Mark, man, could have gone big time together. Like. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, being celibate my entire life, it really was just very appealing to me. Um, but I knew <laughs> should have joined the priesthood, man. Exactly. <laughs> Become <That's>... a nun. <laughs> less, less of a stumble or a, <laughs> a struggle. Right. <laughs> yeah. I so bet I... there's a lot of gay priests. Let's there has oh. to be, right? They're like, I can't have you're, gay you're sex. Speculating. So. <laughs> I mean, it's either eunuch or gay, and that's why they go into it in the first place. Yeah. So. <laughs> either way, it's it's a cover up. <laughs> we don't talk about eunuchs enough. I think that's Ooh, something is that, that still a thing? I don't know. It's in the Bible, and people like to skirt over that one. So I feel like uh, we should bring <laughs> that back into common conversation. I don't know that that's something that people still call themselves. I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about that word, or if that's even entirely what that meant in the Bible. Uh, yeah, I think so. it's just chemical castration now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so this is still a thing that people actively do. Like this is a practice that's still in place. Oh yeah, actually, actually, I did hear about it in the gay space too. I mean, to the point where like people were considering it because their struggle with same-sex attraction was such a a struggle for them, and so it was like I. You know, I don't want to uh, misrepresent anything, but I was a part of uh, Exodus Ministries. I, I'm not sure. If oh you've my heard god! Oh, yes. I watched uh, the Netflix documentary. Uh, Pray, Pray away? Was that what? Pray it was? away? Yeah, yeah. Oh I my actually, god, we definitely got to talk about that. I actually haven't watched it yet because it's so triggering for me. Mm. Like, I saw some of the people that they're interviewing. I'm like, I know that person. Well, not know them, you know, personally, but I remember them at the conferences and all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember just some crazy discussions about that where, you know, like people were so burdened by their their attraction for men that they even considered chemical uh, castration as an option. You know, I don't wow. know anyone personally who did it, but yeah, it, it it's radical. I mean, it's so out there. <laughs> you know, I also took that route was uh, Marshall Applewhite of uh, the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh, oh. And that's super. I that was I like almost, a big tenet of their cult, like towards the end, you know, because you know how cults do kind of escalates <laughs> as time goes on, and uh, they get a little bit more extreme sometimes. They want to one up each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the cult I guess Olympics. 
right? <laughs> he struggled with like same sex attraction in in his mind. That's what that's what you know he he labeled it as, and that was part of the like impetus behind pushing his his followers to go through that chemical castration process. And not all of them did. Um, there was a documentary that came out like last year on Heaven's Gate, and it's wild because it's like there was one guy that left the cult because he didn't want to go through the castration process. And this guy, I mean, life didn't get better for him wow. after he left the cult. And yeah, that happens so he's people who leave cults sometimes. Yeah. And he's like literally <laughs> like on the documentary, lamenting the fact that he didn't just go through with it and die wow. with the rest of the cult members. Wow. It's wild. Oh my God. This is Shit like, it has the... to get real bad for you to feel that way. Right. Well, did you, did you watch fire Island? No, no, I keep meaning to. <laughs> it reminds me there's there's a guy in there who like he was like the main coordinator or something. And he talked about having uh, to suck dick uh, for the, um, the I guess it was like TSA or something like that in order to get water through. And so it just reminds me of that where it's like you go to those <laughs> oh extremes. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> that seems counterproductive, real. like you're working up a sweat to get a drink, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm like, how, like, how good looking was he? Like what, you know, it's like <laughs> a lot of follow up. <laughs> exactly. Right. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> we got to talk about the conversion right here because there's a, there's diminishing returns at some point. My lips are dry. <laughs> you have any chapstick? <laughs> right. Or Vaseline. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Not to derail this even more. I promise we're going to talk about you, but uh, Talking about chemical castration, I almost brought it up, but we had just been talking for too long in a recent intro when we were talking about Josh Duggar and what to do with people like him. And I know, I don't know if it's come up here, but the conversation around like chemical castration for people with like, with uh, what's uh, deviant desires like mm. that, where you're like you're into children or whatever yeah. has come up because I guess chemical castration is not permanent like it's uh you have to re-up on that so like i think it's even a pill they might have even like maybe not maybe it's a shot i i'm probably way off base with the pill thing i just remember listening to someone talk about chemical castration as a um as a a requirement for people who have been and in other countries who have come out of prison for are you reading Infowars right now is i don't know yeah seriously (laughs) Infowars, no, you know what he would do. Okay, like, Let's put him all on an island. <laughs> That's what, yeah. But uh, it's because you, but you do have to like re up on it, so it's not like mm. permanent. But it basically, I guess, it eliminates your sex drive essentially. Uh, yeah. So there have been people who, like, there have been pedophiles who are like, sign me up. Like, I don't want to be this person. Yeah. Uh, and then you have. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. I don't know enough about it to really keep Some, talking about something it. Something tells me that that doesn't work the way that they're asserting it does. I think it might. I'm going to look Sex it up. Sex drive has a lot to do with a lot of different things and not just like, oh, my hormone levels. Well, right. Just because just because you're horny all the time, Casey, doesn't mean everybody else is. Okay. Stop comparing everyone you're else to me. you got to work you up a are, sweat somehow. You're, you're an animal and we all know it. So. It comes through. It's just in your voice. I love it. Well, you've definitely given me some homework. I'm definitely going to look that up after. I'm going to look that up because I have to apologize for this later on, probably. (laughs) All right, George, let's talk about you. Uh, We've (laughs) been going on for 10 minutes with random shit. So um, 
Where do we want to start? I feel like there's a million places. Where do you want oh, to start? Let's talk about well, the world you grew up in. What's your earliest memory? My, yeah. um, <laughs> I remember coming through the vaginal wall. That was actually pretty interesting. Um, and no, yeah. Were you not breastfed as a kid? Is that why you're <laughs> yeah. gay? Is that, that's, exactly, that's exactly. Podcast. I was like, oh, I am never touching this again. <laughs> 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 that was disgusting. <laughs> early childhood memory (laughs) um actually so yeah i actually was um i was raised around religion Uh, my family was uh my on my dad's side was episcopalian um we were you know they were more of the liberal leaning um when i became a young christian or excuse me a young republican um, I started to question the premise of a lot of what what the church was teaching, and I mean, there was a gay he was a there was a gay priest, like they were you know pretty okay. much yeah on the more liberal side of, of yeah. It. And so I think I remember in middle school because that's when I started to get into politics. It was kind of my way of like relating to my dad. He was you know listening to um, like Rush Limbaugh and watching Fox News and all of that. And which to that's this a day, weird dynamic then if he's yes. in a more liberal mainline tradition, but is coming at it from a. That's yes. a I'm I'm a little curious about that. So did he have like was that a conversation? If you said there was a uh, gay priest at the church that your dad was at. Yeah. So eventually we got to the point where my dad and I decided we weren't going to go anymore because it was like that. I think they were like the, the priest was stepping down and then they had like, they had a lesbian pastor come up and we're like, that's it. That's where we draw the line. (laughs) You know? You got to draw it somewhere. It's a free for all over there. <laughs> yeah. Literally. It's a, it's, a, it's a gamble. I mean, um, it's like, yeah. it's not, it's already a, like you're already a step down because you're gay. Now you're a woman. You're not supposed to teach. Right. Like we can't combine. Like we, we conceded for a while, but this is just too far. This is too far. Exactly. It's like Jesus drawing the line in the sand. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was interesting because my dad, I mean, what perplexed me knowing my dad, like he was a very generous, still is a very generous, kind hearted man. And so his politics was so, so uh, questionable for me. Uh, but yeah, I ended up like subscribing to that because it was a way for me to relate to my father. Um, we stopped going to church. My mom was born, um, it, born and raised in Lebanon, raised, uh, went to Catholic school, uh, was taught by nuns. So she came from a very religious background, but never went to church when she was here in the States. And we ended up, uh, yeah, just kind of having this, this season where I just wasn't going to church. I, I knew of Jesus. My grandma was like super religious. I was super close to my grandma, uh, kind of formed a bond with her. Uh, my mom and I had a, uh, difficult relationship to say. Um, and I write about it in the book. It's, it, it was definitely, I, I bonded more with my father and that's kind of, again, why I went into, uh, uh, politics. Okay. Yeah. So we ended up, um, I was wildly tortured in middle school. I mean, even I, I write about it in the, in the book and it's, it's supposed to come off as a joke, but I think some people think of it as, as pathetic, but, um, even the mad, <laughs> like the math nerds, like made fun of me. Like that's how bad the situation was. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was not, where's the young Republicans group? <laughs> exactly. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> what Why part of the country you? is this happening in? <laughs> this is, this is in, uh, so I was born and raised in Santa Barbara. So like, this is like California, okay. you know, like this California is not like, native, right? Oh yeah. Born and raised. <laughs> um, so this wasn't like, you know, 
deep south or anything like that. It was still very, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, like the 90s were just kind of a weird time for everybody. It was like this, like, you know, more conservative leaning and then 9-11 hit and then everybody kind of just, you know, flocked towards the Republican Party or at least the ideals of the Republican Party. And I, the churches, you know, jumped on that bandwagon and oh yeah, and all of that. Uh, <laughs> so it is strange to you- think that like you you evangelized your dad towards a a more fundamentalist view of Christianity. And by doing so, you guys left church. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) Right. This isn't Jesus like enough. (laughs) It's a real choose your own adventure story. (laughs) It really is. So if you guys left the church, you said you were in high school. It was, that's when you left the church. So this was around middle school. Um, okay. Yeah. So then, you know, fast. Forward, so, yeah, I was wildly tortured in middle school um, and ended up just kind of like, you know, I had like suicidal thoughts and I was wildly depressed. So I was like prime for the picking for evangelical Christianity. Um, I yeah. like. <laughs> did you feel when did you was that like was this before you started thinking you might be gay? Did, you, did that thought even cross your mind? Like, did you have, um, I don't know how, I guess maybe given the fact that I just was straight and straight, but like, I don't have a yeah. framework for that of like, cause like, like I could imagine someone thinking like repressing that I can mm. imagine how someone could repress that feeling and not recognize it for what it was. So I'm curious as to what that experience was for you as a middle schooler. No, absolutely. It's funny because before puberty hit, like I would flirt around with girls. Like I had like one girl that I had a crush on in like fourth and fifth grade. Um, but as I started to get older and close, getting getting closer to puberty, um, I remember actually my parents had gotten our first computer. I mean, that was a big deal. It was like an e-machines or something like that. And, you know, it was dial up and all that fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> remember all that? Like the, the AOL CDs. That's a tone that kids will just... <laughs> Uh, it's won't hear. I would danger. I almost right. want to like try to do the tone right now, but I will embarrass myself. But everybody knows it, so I don't have to. You know, I was actually having the same inclination too, and I was like, no, <laughs> probably not a good, <laughs> good sound. Um, but yeah, I remember like I discovered porn, and uh, I would look at straight porn. And my brother is actually gay as well, and he was older than me. Um, he actually came out a lot sooner. He was in middle school uh, when he came out. I was really. In elementary. Oh yeah, yeah. It was interesting. That must have been a. How many siblings do you have? Is it just your just you and your brother? Or do you have uh, older brother, younger sister? So okay. sandwiched right. Uh, mid, what is it? Middle child con- uh, syndrome yeah, or two something for like three? That? Man, that's on. <laughs> oh wow, that's tough for your. Like I, I don't know if that was tough for your family, but I I imagine that. They were like, what did we do wrong? Literally. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was part. I mean, the 90s were all about that. It was, you know, whether you were in the secular realm and you, you know, you, you, uh, you know, shrinked it away by going to therapy. And that's actually what happened to my brother. I mean, my parents were very well intentioned, but they were wildly ignorant on this subject. You know, like I give them so much grace because like, you know, it, it definitely was one of those things where I saw my brother and how that put a wedge between my parents. Um, and I was like, 
I don't want to touch that. But I knew like I had these gay thoughts. So like I was looking at, you know, porn and while I was watching straight porn, I was looking at the guy and fantasizing about being the woman in the situation. And it scared yeah. me shitless. I was like, what is this? You know? Meanwhile, when I was that age and I found porn, if I accidentally saw just, I would always only try to look at naked women because if I saw actual just like straight heterosexual sex i was like oh my god I, i'm gonna be gay i'm gonna be gay if i see this penis i can't do it like it would terrify me the thought of seeing just regular ass straight porn scared the shit out of me that's how afraid i was of being gay growing yeah. up evangelical in that in the 90s yeah so yeah like, i know healthy. i can't imagine <laughs> yeah i'm so healthy <laughs> I love, but it's true. Like the nineties, it was still taboo. I mean, it was what 1973 when they took, um, homosexuality, homosexuality out of the, um, uh, the publication for, uh, psychology about it being a mental oh, illness. Yeah. You know? Oh man. Yeah. What do they call oh, that? The, uh, so a, wild. Oh, gosh, I have it in the book. <laughs> um, I can't remember the term for it, but yeah, the, the a- MSR, no ASR. Is it ASR? Oh, oh no, that's actually, I don't know. <laughs> ASMR? Is that that? ASMR, there it is. Popcorn yeah. really close to the <laughs> I hate that shit so much. <laughs> right? <laughs> Disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> Especially when they terrible. snack. Oh. Oh. Yeah. They, <laughs> people worst. get so horny for that. And I don't get it. Some people get, it's sexual for some people, but for some people it's just like, they would listen to that going to sleep. They're like, let me turn on the sound of someone smacking their lips. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you like whispering that is actually i don't want to get too into it and i don't want to offend anybody but that is a mental illness uh and we should address that (laughs) it's a sin it's gotta be a a result of just total overstimulation you know it's like it's like uh, too many silent dinners like your parents ate too quietly and now you're just like crazy about (laughs) hearing people chew Oh my god, I it's love like that. It's the equivalent of like walking out of uh, an Avengers movie and being like, I think I'm going to go silent film for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen an Avengers movie, so I can't relate to the feeling. That's, that's the craziest thing you've said so far. Yeah. That's, I, it's possible I haven't seen a Marvel movie in the past 10 years. Uh, I, I'd have wow. to think about it. I mean, even I've seen a Marvel movie. <laughs> um yeah no but it's it's interesting because like that that like in the 90s i mean that generation pretty much inherited that belief system so it was like you know i remember people thinking that you know oh you know uh homosexuality is a byproduct of child rearing and that actually is what i learned in conversion therapy which we could talk about later yeah we Um, always case and i recently (laughs) mentioned i was like oh like I, i was always told like they, they were probably molested mm-hmm. as a kid. And you're like, so then you like walk around when you meet people who are gay and then all of a sudden your instant thought is, oh, I bet they were molested. That's yeah. such a fucked up thing to make people think about other people, right? right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely nuts. And that's what I love, you know, side note, like what Luke Wilson's doing and all of that. And just like, just yeah. changing that fucking narrative and just, yeah. Anyway, cool guy. And I know Shout you guys have Luke. Him. We love him. We love, <laughs> love Luke. Uh, Who doesn't love Luke? That's why I, he's uh, showing up everywhere. Evangelicals. Yeah. <laughs> Liberty <laughs> University. Yeah. They could do without him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw what happened to my brother and I was just like, no can do. And that's and that's 
also another reason why I turned to Republicanism, because, you know, they had such a disdain for the homosexuals and, you know, their, their, the gay agenda and all of the that. gay agenda. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So classic. But yeah, classic I ended goes. up... Oh, you know, they're, that's all they want is just, you know, free, uh, free They want to make other rights. people gay. It's so weird. <laughs> right, it's like, exactly. That's not what's happening. <laughs> right. They just want to be treated equally. Oh, my God. How can, how, how can, how dare they? Like, we see you people. We don't want you gay. We don't want you. We don't want you here. You're right. Just... <laughs> right. You don't belong here. So, um, th- like, that time period around 9-11 and stuff. I mean, you know, Sam and I were pretty young at the time, but still, I mean, you if you were conscious at that point, there was like a a enormous cultural shift that mm-hmm. people who grew up afterwards probably are just never going to get a good feel for what it was like. But we talked a lot about, you know, how how conservatism and evangelicalism are just like inseparable mm. in today's culture and stuff. A lot of people profess evangelicalism and and talk about it as like the most important thing in their life. But pol- their political affiliation is what they talk about. It's what they argue about. It's what they consume all day mm-hmm. long, you know, through media and stuff like that. Like, I'm curious, was it was for you at that age, was the conservative political, uh, you know, affiliation all it, it was that part of things? equally as important as Christianity? Was that what you were passionate about and Christianity was a piece of it? Like, what, what was the dynamic there? Oh, yeah. I was I was horny for the Republican Christian narrative. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yeah, like when I when I got when I got saved um, in my fr- my freshman year of high school, um, someone had you know introduced me to Jesus, blah blah blah, and I ended up uh, you know I went to this church. So I'm I'm a byproduct of the Calvary Chapel movement. Um, oh yeah, another one. Man, we've had a lot of uh, <laughs> people who are affected by. That. I mean, that movement was huge. They were. Oh yeah. They, I don't. Their uh, reach was was. Big, and they, I don't know what it was about Black them. Slimy tendrils. But yeah, they, <laughs> there was something specific. I don't know if they put a specific emphasis on evangelizing in a way that maybe other people did. I don't know if they had certain, I don't know what their pull was, but it, it worked. They had yeah. a, there was a, it was a it's machine. A successful a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, like 100%. That's it. Yeah, I mean, they really went after like the surfer hippie movement. I remember um, mm-hmm. the church. So I got saved out of Calvary Chapel, and then shortly after that, um, I was going to like the college group there. the the um, The pastor of the college group decided he was going to start his own church, um, and it was a it was like it was like a sister church to a Calvary Chapel. But he was very much of that that surfer mentality, and you know, but. I just remember, you know, I would go to Calvary Chapel and the other church that I was going to. And I mean, there, I remember this pamphlet, like they had, they had, um, you know, biblical ways to vote because, you know, prior to, uh, hey. dunk, yeah, <laughs> like it, you, I remember you guys were talking about it at one time too, like where it was like, here's the specific Bible verses. And it was like, you know, the war in Iraq is justified by something in like Proverbs or Psalms, like just some random ass verse, you know, and then it was like abortion. It was like clear that God was against abortion. And, you know, it, it, so they didn't outright say because the because the Johnson Act was actually effective at the time. Um, and then dump trunk 
a dump dump truck Trump came along and and kind of stripped that <laughs> away. But um, you didn't even have to. Like, it's not even like it's not like they legally made any changes or legislatively, I should say, made any changes. It's just like churches all of a sudden were like vote Trump, vote Republican. Right. And then nothing happened. So then everyone was like, oh shit, I guess we can say this now. It's like right. not a problem. It's like, right. and they got political. It was weird. I don't, yeah. that's uh, something I, that blows I think my it's, mind. it's just marketing. I think that's what it comes down to is like, what can you get people excited about? You know, yeah. what can, what can you hook people with and give them community and give them the sense that like, you know, it's us in this room versus them. And, and we got to stick together. I think like, that conservative ideology has a much better marketing hook than Christianity does right now. Absolutely. And you can kind of use the Christianity as like the, that's like the hook, but, but conservatism is what carries the weight of the whole thing, you know? Like, yeah. They get you with the eternal salvation, but they keep you with the conservative values because going out of your way to like, I don't want to, okay. I don't want to be, I don't want to dig it too much in the way that's like going out of your way to like help people and be a good person. Cause we've all talked about and our, like you even mentioned with your parents, George, like the grace that you have for them. Like we all know that, that a lot of the people in the world we grew up in, despite maybe some negative outcomes, regardless of intentions, there weren't bad people and they cared about, like they did care about people. But I am, I do feel like I've seen a shift mm-hmm. in the past, like, six or seven years where it's become more isolated and insular and yeah. less about less about others uh e- practically speaking even like less less outreach in a practical way uh yeah. not so much like evangelism but like how do you help the poor or whatever like i feel like i've i've seen le- way less of an emphasis on that than i did growing up despite it being inter- interwoven with conservative politics they it doesn't I, I just don't see it as much anymore and i think that's a shift yeah. that's taken place but i do think it's important to occasionally recognize that what we grew up in it wasn't just like in the group it, it wasn't it's insidious. just a fundamentally it's different people. way of looking at how you help people that's that's what it mm-hmm. is it's not that like nobody cares about the poor or whatever else in those environments it's just they they view helping them in a totally different way than the, the church's job, really. Like, it's yep. not the government's job, it's the church's job. Uh, and so then some people would do it. Uh, granted, if you had a church of 500 people, you might get 15 volunteers to do a clothing drive or something like that. So that, that was always interesting to me when I was still conservative politically, but wanting to, like, to to find a way to invest and get involved in my community was like yeah. the lack of volunteers. I always found that frustrating uh, yeah. at that point. No, absolutely. And it, I mean, I think, I think it's become more tribal. Like it's like, you know, this is the, the, the group that we're a part of, you know, it's us versus them, you know, mm-hmm. it's like we have, and, and it's, and it's almost like sensationalized by absolutism of, of evangel of, of the gospel, you know, where it's like, well, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So therefore every, you know, everybody must, you know, bow down and submit. And, it, and it, it's like, you mix that with like, like the, the radicalization of, of, uh, of the Republican party. And it's just, it's, it's a shitstorm. It's like, you know, people are yeah. just protecting themselves. They're not looking out for any, like, and, and you're right. Like there, there is grace for those who are naively. I think that there's a lot of, you know, it's kind of like what Jesus was talking about the false teachers, you know, it's like that, that, 
they know what they're doing. Like the people that are are leading the cause, the ones that are teaming up against Trump and, and radicalizing their flock so-and-so are the ones sh- who should be held accountable. It's, you know, they, I mean, so not to get too far into this, but I'm, my side job is I'm a CPA. I, um, I do taxes for a living. And um, okay. when I was a young CPA, I ended up, I, I had a desire, you know, after leaving the church, it was during my angry phase after leaving my faith and everything. I was like, I'm going to come <laughs> after the church. And it was like during when Joel Olstein was like, you know, uh, barricading people out of his church during the hurricanes and all that. And I'm like, yeah. fuck <laughs> you, you know, like <laughs> close the doors. I'm trying to get the money in the wall. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's literally the only reason why he was doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope it doesn't get too wet in here. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, Joel Osteen was the wettest thing in the room at the time. But. <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh my god, I love the memes that are coming out with all with all the stuff that's going on there. But anyway. <laughs> Um, I just remember like, I was like, okay, so I'm going to go get the, you know, the, the, it's a tax form 990. It, it's, uh, nonprofits are, you know, required to report the 990s, make it public domain. And so when I went to, you know, I looked at like focus on the family, I was looking at that Lakewood church, like all of that. And I'm like, where the hell are they? You know, and I'm naive it, you know, new, I was a new CP at that. I was like, where the hell are their 990s? I went on the IRS's website and I realized that Religious organizations are the only types of organizations that are exempt from posting their their uh, their financial records. So effectively, there's absolutely no accountability. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. And and the reason is because the First Amendment. Right. But I'm like, wait a second. So if if it's if if separation in church and state is favorable for the church, then they'll they'll be about it. But then when it's not favorable for the church, they're they're all against it. And it's just like this conundrum. Anyway. I don't know where I yeah. was going with that, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a solid point. I, um, the church that I go to, I'm friends with the pastor and he's talked about that. Like we've, we've talked about the, and even he's just like, I'm uncomfortable with how easy this is. He's like, mm. I legit don't, there is legit no accountability here. Like the yeah. only accountability he has is like a few people who actually pay attention to it. Like, and it's like, yeah. But it's like it's it is crazy. He, he's he's mentioned that to me a couple of times. It's like this is it's wild how this is he's like to, to file taxes at the end of the year. It's literally just like beep boop done. Yeah. Like there's yeah. nothing to it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. like Greg Locke said, he's like, man, predatory religion is like the only free market left in this country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, I it's funny because I actually thought about uh, becoming one of the sustaining donors or whatever the hell they were called with with Lakewood Church, uh, Joel Caesar, just so I could get my hands on the financial statements. I'm like, just give oh, me a one year, you know, <laughs> like, like got to be a shareholder. One dollar exactly. a month. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I will do it to re- to expose you. <laughs> and then you would get at least one hundred dollars back afterwards because that's how that works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, tenfold uh, prosperity gospel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's so, go back to you. Whew. You know, you said you in high school is when you got saved. Is that like was it through um, through someone with the Calvary Chapel kind of movement? So obviously, like it, that that worked with you because uh, it 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 was your you had your conservative politics and your conservative evangelicalism. Uh, so I'm guessing because you're already on board with one, it kind of was like. Not a lot left is you were probably, I mean, growing up with their dad, at least 
part of the church, you being in it at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you religion have to be passionate about it in the back of your head you a little bit. Headed with it, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. It was it was interesting because when like the reason the main reason why I turned to Christianity was, you know, I was depressed and you know, I was I was actually working with a girl. I was working at an ice cream shop and she went to Calvary Chapel. And so she like I would always party with like the 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 kids that were like kind of like the recluse ones. Like and then whenever it was her and I one on one, we would have like conversations and stuff. But I ended up like I write about it in detail in the book, but I ended up humiliating her one night, you know, with a guy that just came back from a missions trip. I had no idea what what missions were. Um, But anyway, the next morning we were working together and I just told her, I said, you know, I'm so sorry for how I humiliated you. You know, there's something missing in my life. And she's like, Jesus. And I was like. Uh, what? There we go. <laughs> you know, like, there we go. You know, it's just like. And me telling you that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I'm going to rack up those brownie points. Like, My work here is done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she invited me to youth group and. I was like blown away. Like it was one of those cool youth groups, you know, like they had like skateboard ring and like, you know, kids were outside, you know, kicking the ball and all of that. And I was, and I was just so intimidated by everybody there. I was just like, Oh my God, all these people are super cool. I'm a loser. You know, everybody at school knows I'm a loser. Um, and anyway, a couple of weeks later, I ended up, you know, received, went to an altar call, received the cell, you know, the salvation or prayed the salvation message. And, Then I became a Christian. And then, but what was so appealing about it was, well, one, you know, I was dealing with, you know, my suicidal thoughts and depression. I was like, oh, my answer is Jesus. But the other thing was they were, they had a a cure for homosexuality. You know, it was like Romans chapter one, like it, it was taught on frequently. And it was like, oh, okay. So I'm very fearful of my sexuality. I haven't told anybody about it. I've potentially gotten exposed, but I was able to blame it on my brother or whatever. Um, and so I was like, this is going to be my way. Like this is, you know, so I yeah. ended up, yeah, it, it, it just was like, it was the cure all. It was like, okay, cool. I have, you know, they, they align with my politics and they have a cure for my greatest insecurity. Here we go. It must Let's have do such it. a big pull. One of the things I remember hearing like recently taught, what was I listening to? I don't know. It's whatever. A conversation I've had over the past year is like, it might've been even with, with pray away, uh, the, the, the Netflix film pray away. Cause it's like, Oh, well, all these kids are willingly signing up for this. Right. It's like, well, is it really that bad? I mean, these kids, a lot of these kids chose to be here, but you know, hearing you and the stories of so many others, it's like, no one's making these choices. It's like to that, to hear that you have the remedy for this desire that I've been told is unnatural, mm-hmm. even outside of religious communities, yeah. it wasn't, that accepted in the 90s uh maybe by some really liberal thinkers but it just wasn't i mean we've talked before about how the f word was thrown around all the time and it was just like Hmm. no one that was like no one cared Uh, and and it was just so that 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 poll makes so much sense even though it's like the it, it is the antithesis of what you need it's not like it wasn't it's the like, antidote. It's not the remedy, but it, it it's draws an escape you route. in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an escape route is what motivates so many decisions in our, in our, in all of our lives, yeah. you know, and religion is just one of those, but it's like, I, I'm going to buy in wholeheartedly to this 
financial book that I bought because that's my escape route from debt and bad credit. Yeah. It's all Shout right out here. Dave Ramsey. I'm just going to do this and it's all <laughs> going to go away and it's going to be great. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like continually buying the lottery ticket for whatever hard thing in your life doesn't have a simple answer. I feel like. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, to everything. I mean, it, it's funny because I, I was listening to a few of the the past podcasts and, you know, talking about, do you, do you remember uh, gotquestions.org? Um, where like, it was, it was like this, like website oh. where you could like ask any question and they had the Bible and, you know, the, the correct Christian response. Did uh, wasn't like billboards? Jeeves, was it? Yeah. They, oh yeah. They had, yeah. They had billboards like in the, yeah, like in random places and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Got question. It's still around actually. I, I recently went on there cause I was like, is it like, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Gotquestions.org. Check it out. If, if you want to become radical. space here is pretty much exclusively like smiling babies. <laughs> <laughs> was this related we to have a lot uh, of those billboards? <laughs> this didn't have anything to do with Hank Hanegraaff. Hanegraaff? What was his name? Hanegraaff? Oh, is that name familiar to you guys? Hank Hanegraaff or something like that? Mm-mm. No, he, I, it's like the Bible so. answer man. He was like he had a radio show where people would just call in and ask Bible questions, and he would. That sounds them. familiar. I didn't know if it had any affiliation. Mark Levin? If, no, there's a guy named Hank Hanegraaff. Michael Savage. Hanna. Yeah, you got it. All right, moving on. I got it. Okay, I'm I'm tracking. Back to George. (laughs) So you accept this salvation message, and it's your antidote. It's Mm -hmm. your all for your gayness now. For my gayness. (laughs) Everything. I mean, it was like, you know, I had the answers to everything. Like, it, it literally was like Republicanism on steroids. Like, you know, before, like, in middle school, I was like, you know, timid Republican, but this gave me power. Like I was able to debate my teachers. Like I, you know, I quoted Ken Ham and Louis Giglio all the time. And like, you know, just like my chemistry teacher, actually, like he and I would get into debates all the time. Like, you know, you were the kid from that movie. What's that movie? God's not dead. God's not dead. You were the kid. (laughs) Did you, did you feel for a little bit like you weren't gay anymore? Like, I don't know if that's a weird question to ask, but not at all. No, that's not. a No, it, it, it was. It wasn't until like I, I knew that I had this secret and I kept it a secret. So in high school, um, I ended up going to the college group and and, you know, because they they had, you know, the, the, the there was more in depth teaching, if you will. Um, and there was one night specifically where the worship one of one of the leaders was going to give excuse me. One of the worship leaders was, or one of the uh, leaders was going to give her testimony. And, you know, they had broadcasted the, the week before. It was going to be this big ordeal. And so the pastor ended up preaching on Romans chapter one. And this was my first introduction to it. And I was just like, oh God, like, I, you know, everybody knew that I had a gay brother, but they had no idea that I was, you know, struggling with my homosexuality. Um, and so then this was all about like, you know, he was like explaining it, da, 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 obviously not giving any cultural context, which I do provide in the book, chapter five. <laughs> I talk about homosexuality and how the church has just blown it completely out of proportion. But anyway, um, <laughs> oh, it was actually one of the, the, the like the most fun chapters to write because I was like, fuck you. Like we're going, <laughs> we're going for blood. <laughs> I'm going to teach I'm going to teach Romans chapter one like it's never been taught before biblically. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and so. 
the girl came up and gave her testimony and she was talking about how she struggled with, you know, with, with being a lesbian, how she eventually, you know, God cured her of it. And she ended up marrying someone. I don't remember if she had a family or kids, but she was talking about how, you know, like God can heal you of this. And literally it was like, she was talking to me and I was just like, oh my God, like this, this girl's literally speaking to my soul right now and nobody knows. Um, and so I, I tried to build up the courage to be like, to talk to her and just be like, Hey, like, you know, I, I struggle with homosexuality too, but blah, blah, blah. I couldn't that night because it was so like, I had stuffed it down so deep inside of me that I was, cause I was so ashamed of it. Like I wanted, mm. you know, cause like, it, like you were saying the F word, like people called me faggot all the time at school. Like it was, it was literally like my nickname, you know, like, and, and it just, it, it left a mark on me. I was just yeah. like. Oh my God, like you can call me fat, you can call me weird, but if you called me gay, like I literally had a visceral reaction to it. It just shut me down. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that kind of started. So then like a few like weeks after that, I, you know, I thought the Holy Spirit was convicting me to share my testimony um, with someone there. And so I, I ended up talking to one of the girls who was one of the leaders at the high school group and she went to the college group and she was like, you know, this is a sin more suitable to talk to a man about. And I'm like, uh, you know, is I, it because I might want to suck his dick? No, sorry, right, I don't exactly, know. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, <laughs> give me an opportunity. I mean, let's, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gay. Can I, can I try out on you? <laughs> if I don't like it, that, that would be God telling me that it's all, all going to be okay. Exactly. Oh my God. So like in that situation, I just respond with like, well, I take it all back. Icky. I don't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Control Z. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I like I always like I felt so much more comfortable around women. I mean, come on, did you need more any more reason to prove that I was gay? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> exhibit, you know, 253. <laughs> uh, we already went through the alphabet. Um, so yeah. So anyway, so I ended up like, uh, I was like, well, you know, like, can you talk to him? Cause it was, uh, oh, sorry. So she said, talk to a man. She, re uh, referred her boyfriend. I was like, can you talk to him? You know, give him a heads up. Said, oh, sure. No problem. Like a week later, I ended up, um, I ended up, uh, going to him and saying, Hey, can I talk to you? You know, we went into the children's ministry area and I told him and he literally looked like the people. Like he did not know what to do. Like he, like, oh no, she didn't give him. She didn't give him an actual heads up. She nope. was just like, "Can you talk to him about something?" He's struggling. My hands up. Right. She probably got his so head dumb. up. That's about it. <laughs> oh my god. So that had to feel uh, safe and secure. Oh, it literally like I swore that I would never speak about it again. Like I literally like. I bought like I secretly bought books on homosexuality, like in the church libraries. Like I made sure to like hide it under other books. Like I literally was like, nobody can know this. This is my deepest, darkest sin. Nobody can know this ever again. This is so and and here's the deal too, and I wanted to mention this as well, is that not only was homosexuality seen as a mental illness, it was associated with bestiality pedophilia. And, mm -hmm. That's right. Know, yeah. Yeah. Like that association in and of itself, I mean, I had I had somebody like nothing phases me anymore. I remember like in, high, in the high school group, someone actually admitted to me that they struggled with bestiality. And I literally was like, um, I 
cannot relate to this in any way, shape, or form. Like, how is my sin associated with this? You know, like, because he went into the details and all that. And, and, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I realize you want to. I, I realize you want like to burn yourself. Um, I will pay you to stop. Please, please stop. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> I do have to ask, though, what animal was he most attracted to? No, I'm just kidding. Let's just. To... Oh, no, you know what's funny? Because I have a joke to that too. I was going to say, oh, let's, just, it, let's just it re- see where this goes. <laughs> it reconfirmed that I am not attracted to kitty cats. If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to use the derogatory oh, term, but. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm... It was uncomfortable. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. That's yeah. That. That's uh, an experience that a lot of people don't have is someone coming out to them with that. Right. <laughs> right. And and that's the thing, like that association. And then, you know, and then you throw on pedophilia on top of that. I'm like, I can't like I'm literally, you know, 14, 15 years old. How am I a pedophile? You know, like, how? Yeah. you know, it was just so strange. Like and so. So knowing having those associations, having a horrible, quote unquote, coming out. Um, I just, I vowed to never speak about it again. And it wasn't until college that I actually ended up, um, you know, admitting that I struggled with same sex attraction and, and kind of went down that road again. But did you go to a Christian college or? So the funny thing is I ended up, um, I applied to a bunch of Christian colleges like Azusa, Biola, Vanguard, you know, got accepted to all of them. And like, I ended up like, it was so expensive. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. And so I ended right. up. Yeah, it just ended up like I just said, fuck it. I'm going to go to community college. Um, I did go to Liberty University, but it was online. So I know I know you guys were there physically. <laughs> I can't imagine what that was like. This <laughs> fine for us. We're the target audience. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were exactly what they wanted. Exactly. The so proud of you today. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that uh, I every time I tag them in any of our Instagram stories, I just get so excited when I see the scene. Like oh Liberty God. University sees it every time, and I'll never get tired of it. I loved it. The middle finger up. I I was dying when I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> it was the that best. Made me laugh. So good. So good. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine that? Oh, oh gosh. Like, <laughs> I feel like the people who see it. I wonder, like the people who monitor their Instagram page. I feel like they're looking at it. And they see all the shade that comes in daily. I bet they think it's pretty funny. If they're reasonable humans, yeah. I feel like someone on the other end is laughing and then everyone else is pretending. Because when we were there and I worked there for a little while, there were a lot of just regular people who thought the place was whack. Now, they might have been like Southern Baptist in their theology, but people thought Liberty was kind of whack in a lot of situations. and. We laughed at it all the time, and when people threw shade at it, it was fun. Yeah. So I feel like there's a good portion of people who work here that monitor the Instagram, and I just picture them being like, "There's another one." Ah, <laughs> there's another like one. I bet that I feel like someone likes it, and someone's like, "I can't, This isn't funny. We need to turn off comments." <laughs> <Yeah>. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I picture like a cat lady in the corner with a cigarette in her, you know, just like <laughs> yeah, another another one, you know. Like, <laughs> now, <laughs> like when you said, so you were saying that like you had trouble at you know in your earlier school 
periods and stuff like that, connecting and making friends and finding like, uh, you know, community. Did you, did you ever have like a point where you felt that community in a meaningful way, like within the church or was it, did you just kind of always feel on the outside of things? That's a good question. It's so funny. Cause I've, I've heard, I've heard, um, both of you speak about this as well. And I felt the same way, like this imposter syndrome, like where it was like, people would talk about hearing the audible word of God or, you know, speak, you know, speaking in, in tongues or, or healing or anything like that. And I always felt like the odd man out. Um, I mean, it didn't become relevant. Like, so, so when I first got plugged in, I felt amazing. Like, you know, it, like the cool kids were speaking to me at the youth group and then I found out they were talking shit about me, but I mean, you know, <laughs> so, so it goes, you know, um, but I definitely, there, there were moments where I would like, I, I would try to one up. Like it was like, you know, this girl would come up and talk about how she healed somebody, you know, of a tumor. So like I ended up going to Israel and like, they were like the, the pastor was, I was a senior in high school at the time. And the pastor was talking about the gifts of the spirit. And I was like, I want to get the gift of healing. And it wasn't out of this, like, you know, desire to actually heal people. It was to like one up somebody and just be like, look, I healed someone in Israel, you know, like it was like, just like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I could like, you know, uh, just, just cure somebody's diabetes. That would be legit by anyone's estimation. Yeah, I, I, I that, but I need test results. You know, <laughs> that feeling is, resonates with me so hard, dude. Mm. Just like because there's this feeling of I'm, I'm, I believe it, and I'm in it for the right reasons. But there's also like you're looking for that validation, right? If, yeah. If this happens through me, then no more doubts, no more mm-hmm. questions. Uh, I'm on, like. Yeah, and then you hear from you hear those stories. So I, I was part of this charismatic group for a bit, and I remember hearing people talk about stories of healing and miracles and things like that. I don't entirely know what to make of them because I I still believe they're good people and they don't make stuff up. And I, I'm on the I'm not sure like yeah. what to think. Any um, yeah, but then it's always little things though, right? Like this person, you know, went to the dentist and had a cavity and they couldn't afford it. And we all prayed that the cavity would go. And then they went back and there was no, the next scan showed or next x-ray showed no cavity. Yeah. Maybe something was just a little piece of dust was caught in the x-rays. Like there's, it's it's easy to kind of explain little things like that away, but the way that it gave those people drive, I remember feeling like I was really missing out, not being able to experience that with them. And I'm like, if I can just get that, then I'll, then I'll know. I, yeah. There's no more questions or doubts. And I'm sure there still would have been. I don't think that would have satisfied me the way that I thought it would. But yeah, but I, I don't know if you feel similarly or differently, but 100%. Or if you had that healing experience, like, did you ever, did you get that? Did you have those moments of validation? You know, it, it, 100%, literally the two things that, that like when I left the faith, like the two things that kept me grounded to the faith was prophecy and the gifts of the spirit. Like I was like, you know, if the Bible was true about, you know, in Isaiah where it, you know, prophesied about Jesus, da, 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 all that. And then, you know, I read some books about it. I was like, oh, okay. Anyway. And then you realize it doesn't, it's just actually about something that literally happened at that yes. time. Yes. Like yes. it was about something that had happened. Exactly. Right. Literally <laughs> like Babylon, you know, and like, you know, God's going to smite, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, all that. Stuff. And it's just like, exactly. Then you real, like you, you, you listen to like real history and you know, it's like, so that was like, whatever, but gifts of the spirit. Like, I just remember this girl in the youth group saying, I put my hand, I was in Africa. I put my hand on the girl or on this woman. And I literally felt 
the cancer subside. And that still to this day sticks with me. But what's helped me with that is I have a friend. Um, so I went through this like phase of like LA spirituality. I was like wearing crystals and doing all this BS, you know, just like <laughs> pretty much like the Christian version in the secular context where it was sure, like, yeah. you know, this is the absolute truth. You do, you know, subscribe to this, pay this amount, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was introduced and she's actually one of my best friends. And I actually had her on my podcast. She was my first interview. Um, she revealed to me that people in the secular realm can tell tap into those types of, you know, energetic, like it, it's about energy, you know, matter and energy, like, you know, that that's what the universe is made up of. And like, we're made up of matter and energy. And like the way that she describes it to me and the way that I see it in her life and how she's able to prophesy and how she's able to enact the quote unquote gifts of the spirit, even though she has no association with Christianity whatsoever, allowed me to have some sort of peace and knowing that, oh, okay, like, these people, you know, whatever you believe in, my belief is that they were operating on a higher frequency that is is what Jesus was. It's just that we they they subscribe to a belief system that tells them that that Jesus is the only way. When it's like, well, no, God is actually also in you too. Like, you know. And anyway, yeah, yeah I think there's no, I some think of that, that stuff. We we just recently like we're talking about this too because um, we had a guest on Jesse Kale and he talked about a lot of that kind of stuff, like just feelings and inklings and just strange occurrences and stuff. And, you know, he kind of sees this, this ribbon of, of, uh, spirituality around all these different events in his life and everything. And I feel like the, it's weird. It's like the older you get, the more you start to realize that like the feeling that you get where you feel like you want to explain that away and, and, and invalidate it is like a it's a dumb urge hmm. like yeah. good for him that he sees that kind of stuff and he feels it and he's connected to something you know who cares yeah. whether or not you know these occurrences are going on because there's some sort of spiritual energy there that's that's like driving it or if it's just coincidence or whatever like yeah. it's it makes him happy he's living a, a really, you know, exciting, fulfilling life. And like, you don't need to figure out what is going on there. Like you can just let a person enjoy it. You can enjoy it yourself if that's what you want. Yep. But like, it's that, it's that continual like feeling of, well, I need to know for sure that I know exactly what's happening here. I need, I need assurances and certainty mm -hmm. about everything around me or else I can't, feel at peace with, you know, myself and the world and my viewpoints and stuff. That's, I don't know. It's a hard thing to, I don't know if we ever really get out of it. It's just kind of one of those things you have to check yourself on all the time. I love that. I, I it's funny because I, I definitely, I 100% agree with you in that where it's like, it's all, it's almost like once we detach ourselves from uh, an absolute, it's like anything is possible. You know, it's like, like, any, like whatever you believe in is fine, but it's like, when when there's a defensiveness, it's usually out of fear. And that's the synopsis of my Christian life is that when I was defensive about something, when I was trying to prove that Jesus was real, you know, like reading, you know, reading the case for Christ and all that, that stuff, you know, it was, Shout it out was Lee Strobel. <laughs> man, we're just knocking out all the sponsors already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it was a threat to something that if it was, if it was false, then that meant that 
you know, other things were false, which means that homosexuality wasn't a sin, which meant that I was actually gay, which meant that, oh my God, you know, like, and so it's like, it, yeah, it, it's just propagated by fear. I think a lot of that is just, it's, it's that, that desire to try to control the narrative and just say, no, 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 this is what it is. This is, you know, and I, I have to catch myself with that a lot too. Like there's a lot of times that I have absolutes about things and I have friends that call me out on it and being like, uh, I don't know about that. Can you, you know, can you explain a little bit? And and then it makes me realize, oh, wait, I'm ap- I'm operating from a place of, of fear because if this is wrong, then a part of my identity is, isn't right. Yeah. Dude. Like your worldview is this like Jenga tower mm-hmm. that you feel the urge to protect all the time because if you pull out that bottom brick, everything's going to fall apart. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, you like you mentally control the gravity that pulls on that Jenga tower Mm. too, you know? Yeah. And like things can change and those pieces can shift around. But if you're not continually like pulling that thing towards the earth, then, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't unravel your entire life when you find out something that you believe is wrong or that. And I think that's a lot of why Christianity fell apart for me was because it was all so like the fundamentalist view of those things is like it's so uh dependent on like every piece of it being true and i mean that's Mm. how they taught it they would literally say well like well i mean if the bible isn't the inerrant word of god then then why this and why that you know and and when you start picking pieces out of it that you don't that you just can't pretend that you agree with anymore yeah all of it just unravels yeah, you get to this point where you recognize that other people can have a different lived experience and that that doesn't like you don't have to like correct it or reframe it through a different lens for them. They can yeah. just have it. And uh, there's good ways to live your life in bad. Like you recognize people who are destructive and making bad choices. You recognize people who are really tapping into something and, and living into something more beautiful uh, and everybody thinks they're on the right path. So like, I'm not saying there isn't right. There isn't wrong. There isn't a better way to live or a worse way to live. But like, there's a lot of nuance and complication to why people are the way they are, think the way they think. Yeah. And I just to figure out how to navigate that in a way that can kind of push people towards something more life-giving or beautiful is great. Cause you recognize when people are like fully bought into something destructive, like take QAnon, right? Um, mm-hmm. People who are fully bought into that, but then you get to, I just read this really wonderful piece about uh, these people who got, it had to do with that Wayfair. Remember the Wayfair thing of the people thinking way pe- kids yeah. were being sold into yeah. slavery yeah. through like Wayfair cabinets and shit. It had to do with the kids who dealt with the fallout from, um, huh? because their pictures were plastered all over the internet and they weren't, kidnapped Mm. they were the they were these they they had ran away but then came home but there was never any like we found them articles Mm. right there was only the missing persons ones that were still floating around so these kids like couldn't even really leave their house without fear of like people at the grocery store being like we found them we found them and like it was it's a it was a wild article and it was wonderfully written and i wish i could reference her and i'll go i want to go back and find it and even like post it because it's i would love to read it yeah yeah it, so these kids were like try but then one of the things they wrote about was a woman who got really invested in this and she had dealt battled addiction issues but she was um uh the the, the sister of a woman who, so she they talked about how she was a wonderful aunt and the way that she cared for her niece and they humanized her in a beautiful way 
Uh, and she was one of the people who died at the, insur- at the insurrection. She was mm. trampled. Um, and that like how hard it was for the family to be like, and, you know, it, what, to be like, we know her, like she got sucked into this yeah. stupid fucking thing. And it's awful and sad, but she was a wonderful person who cared for her niece, who wanted, mm. who she was a beautiful person who had her issues. And I, the way it was written was wonderful. The way they humanized everyone in this scenario. So like you, you read a piece that was as beautifully written as that. And you recognize that like, there's so much going on in this world and there's so many different lived experiences and yeah. there's so many reasons people gravitate towards different things. And some are right and some are wrong, but you can't just say that, right? You have to like, I thought something you were maybe going to say that like, she abducted one of those kids to protect the story's narrative. Oh, I definitely, it didn't go that dark. I brought this back. <laughs> that would have been cooler. Like, <laughs> everything's relative. I would have gone with that route. Like JFK <laughs> showing up in Dallas. Like <laughs> That's because you want to listen to a podcast about it later, Casey. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anywho, That's, what type yeah. of crystals are best for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christ crystal. <laughs> All right. Let's, um, what pushed you into like ministry? Like, so you, you know, you, you know, I, you, I think we left off with you going to community college and uh, I don't, what got you into ministry from there? Like, how'd you find your way into that? Yeah. So I had a, um, a couple year fallback. I was black backslidden for a couple of years, uh, got into the party scene and and I, I was a hot mess. I mean, my poor sister. Going through TSA to just bring your water through. <laughs> exactly. <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, there's a couple stories of that too. Yes. <laughs> Involve glory holes and, and um, anyway, and Dang, rubbing, that's rubbing alcohol. Cute, that's a world that I don't know. It, it, it's such an interesting. Uh, All up for the pat down. Divulge what you want. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like you were saying, pick your own adventure. Um, uh, But yeah, I ended up like my poor sister, she ended up like moving to the college town that I was in. And um, she ended up, you know, she saw me as this radical Christian. She, she came to a youth group with me in high school and all of that, but she never really like, it never stuck with her. Like, I mean, it's funny because I always saw her as like weak and stuff. Like she is the strongest woman. I, I, I idolize my sister. Like to this day, like she is literally the most, like the, 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 the most important person on earth to me. So anyway, so she ended up like, like dealing with my drunken ass, like picking me. I almost like, we almost got a DUI. Like I was 20 years old, like, and she ended up coming to pick me up, like rescued me on multiple occasions. And so, and then I had two acting out, you know, I ended up like alluding to the, the glory hole and, and all that. I had um, two incidences within a matter of two months where I acted out, acted out on my homosexuality. Yeah. (laughs) And that was like the point where I was like, okay, I need, I need help. I need Jesus again. And so like, I was in like an, I was in an English class and there was, he was like, he was like a vegan, like liberal, like, like, or probably libertarian. I don't know, but he could not like offend me more than like, you know, cause of my, my, my politics and, and also my supposed religion. Um, and these two guys were in class and they ended up like, you know, coming up to me, uh, you know, started debating the teacher and stuff. So they came up to me and they're like, Hey, like, you're really good at, at, you know, you know, the Bible very well, da, da, da. you know, where do you go to church? You know, it's kind of like, like the Christian version of, you know, asking, you know, what do you do for, for a living? Um, and I ended up, you know, saying, you know, I'm in a, and to be honest with you, I'm in a backslidden state. I don't really have a church. And so they introduced me to a church. 
this, this church that I ended up committing, you know, about four or five years of my life to. Um, so long story short, ended up going, recommitted my life to Jesus, um, got introduced to ex- Exodus Ministries. Um, that's when uh, my friend and I ended up going to one of their conferences in Nashville. And it was like, that's where I got introduced to conversion therapy. That's where like, I mean, I, I mean, I have stories. Wow. <laughs> it was like what you were talking about earlier about where like, you know, you know, molestation and all that. I remember one of the guys sitting at the table and he was just like, he was talking about how he was molested as a kid, like by his, I think it was either his father or his uncle or something like really tragic, but like. I remember like even in the breakout sessions, the narrative was that most likely you were molested. So I tried to contrive a story about somebody molesting me. Like I really, yeah. Like I literally, I I was like gasping for straws, like literally like, you know, and then they would talk about how, you know, it's usually because of an over, over domineering uh, mother or a passive or macho man, you know, father. And like my mom was over domineering, but I, kind of cut emotional ties with her and you know and my dad was a bit more passive but like so I created these narratives that like you know something must have happened to me because the the guy at the table is talking about how you know his brain had blacked it out and then one time like God revealed it mm-hmm. yeah like dude that, I was just going to ask about that they it's like oh and if you don't remember it it or if, if you can't think of it 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 might have happened and you just yeah. blacked it. like they that that is mm-hmm. uh, I don't it's, even I got no words for it it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. Like, I just remember like going through the Rolodex of people in my life. Was it, you know, was it my, my uh, trumpet teacher? Was it, you know, my father? Was it that, you know, like literally like, and I was like, God, please reveal it. You know, I remember praying, Ugh. like reveal it to me, reveal what happened to me. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to heal from it, you know? And like, I'm just to, to look at everyone in your life with that level of suspicion and have right. to go through it is so awful. Oh Absolutely. My God. Absolutely. Like, I I remember, like, interviewing my aunt and asking her, like, you know, do you remember anything? Like, did your father, you know, inappropriately touch my dad or, you know, like, all this shit, you know? like You have to trace the... Right. Like the cause, right? I mean, the cause is an important part of All the way back to Abraham. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All the way back to Abraham. That's right. (laughs) Did your son see you naked when you were drunk? Just like... Father Abraham, you're like, what are you talking about, dude? No, that was Noah. I'm sorry. Oh, Abraham. It Noah happened to everybody horses. back then. He loved Well, I was on horses. the Ishmael side, so. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Awkward. <Yikes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been great. Uh, right? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Thanks for your time, George. I don't... <laughs> How blasphemous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but no, yeah. I, I created all these stories like, you know, about, you know, my mom, my my dad, all this bullshit, you know, and like never nothing was ever revealed to me. Like it was, you know, it, literally like so I, you know, I created stories to explain my homosexual experience. And then I went to one of the breakout rooms and and that's where I learned about conversion therapy, ended up like connecting with the guy there. Um, he was in New York. He was also very handsome, by the way. I, I have daddy issues. So um, he <laughs> definitely was provoking those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, side note, like 
purity culture, I, I'm I, as as horrible as it was for a gay man, it was probably one of the best things because like men could take their shirts off and like I wouldn't be held accountable for looking at them. Like anyway, <laughs> I, it's horrible. Like not to minimize purity culture because yeah. it's a bunch of bullshit. Straight celibate dudes do weird stuff too that, that energy comes out somewhere yeah <laughs> somewhere at christian college for sure <laughs> yeah oh i remember yeah. camps like they would like take the bunk beds or the, the the bedding off the bunk beds and like start boxing like i have a story with that too but i it's off subject but anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was <laughs> it was it was the best of times and it was the worst of times yeah. for a struggling homosexual <laughs> 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 so was your experience with exodus uh like a conference or was it something that went on longer than that did you have any um what was the aftermath of exodus yeah so i i mean it it was it, it was like conversion therapy on steroids like i remember like doing these breakouts so after after the conference i ended up like i was going to do conversion therapy with the the presenter and then i found out he was like 300 dollars, like and he could do it over the phone like i mean he was he had a great business going on let's just say that like wait 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 respect you the scam paid, bro three you <laughs> people would pay this guy 300 dollars to talk to him for how long on the phone for an hour <laughs> like what <laughs> ridiculous yeah, Fuck. it's a lucrative. You can't take business. it with you, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take it with you. I might as well give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's oh my god, like one hundred percent. I'm not gonna take this mansion and this Bentley with me. Come on, that's right. Just, and really, it's just a car. It gets you from point A to point B. It looks maybe different than your used Corolla, but it's just still a vehicle, right? And and, and God's blessed me with. And he clearly doesn't know his demographics. It's like, come on, you're preaching to gay men. Like, we know you're wearing Armani shoes. Like, we know you have the money, you know? Like, come on. Dude, I love religious scams. Because they're like, they're the only ones, like, no one is patting Goldman Sachs on the back. And they're like, thank you, brother. Thanks for right. everything you do for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Bernie oh, Madoff no. never got to, like, share his testimony and give standing applause from from a congregation like long after we've all feel like realize this is like not working the way he's done this. <laughs> you know? oh yeah, no God. one's finding out where they like, like everyone invests in their 401k and retires and they're not praising jesus for it it's just right. <laughs> bernie's bernie's main ROI. problem is he should have gotten a tv show on tvn yeah right? he would still exactly. be around he'd still be in business <laughs> yep should have started. Should have started a nonprofit. What was he thinking? <laughs> yeah, church church model would have saved that guy a lot. <laughs> Literally, of I look Dude. at Jim Baker and all of them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know <laughs> the list goes on and on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it, I ended up. I was like, "There's no way in hell I could pay for this." So I ended up like finding a conversion therapy specialist in my area. He was like 150 or something, and then insurance kind of you know helped out with that. Um, so Damn, did... insurance helped out with that. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think insurance, insurance still covers that. must have that? been Blue Cross, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Before we were progressive. <laughs> I was like, I take insurance, sure. <laughs> right. Before All we of them. <laughs> LGBTQ families on our, our marketing material. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's incredible. Right, so, yeah. So, this and you said this is local, just... Uh, yeah, local just, counselor. Exactly. What the heck like, kind of place was this? 
he was a straight white, you know, cisgender male, you know, he, he taught me about like, you know, it it was like a, uh, like the, the rubber band, the shock, um, not shock therapy. It was like a dumbed down version of shock therapy. Um, you know, every time I had a homosexual thought, he would always talk about, you know, my family lineage, like same, same bullshit from the conference, just, you know, just on longer sessions and more intimate. Mm. Um, and I was just like, I mean, at the point where like, I, I was at a point where I was like, I don't need a family history lesson. I need practical things to cure my homosexuality. That's all I need, you know? So like shortly out, like I ended up, I, I don't, I don't recall how long I went to him. It couldn't been more than like six or seven months, but I was introduced to, um, the discipleship program at the church. And so I got paired up with somebody and he was like, you know, he was like this, like, you know, blue collar worker, like, you know, the, probably didn't even know how to spell homosexuality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Sorry. I did leave out a detail I, at, at Exodus. I learned about same sex attraction. So that was like the term that they use to detach yourself from homosexuality or being gay. It was like, Oh, you have a struggle. It's cute. It's not something that you identify <laughs> it's with. Cute. You know? It's cute. <laughs> cute little pet name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I ended up like doing the practices of conversion therapy, you know, with this mentor. And eventually, I mean, I just, I ended up like going to Bible study and like, you know, plugging myself. Like this church was like, it was literally like misogyny on steroids. Like there were no, you know, there were no co-ed uh, Bible studies. You couldn't hang out with women past like eight or nine o'clock because the parents of sin, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it, it, it's it's wow. a long story on that, but I, you know, Bible study ended up working my way up, ended up going to their Bible college. Um, it was not accredited. And that's kind of where I started my pastoral stuff. So um, I, yeah, anyway, I, I can go okay. into more detail about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I, churches love that. A, I'm, I was familiar with a couple of different like unaccredited, like church Bible college. It's a, that's a weird line that they have. Mm-hmm. It's like these bigger churches will have like their so, yeah, it, it's hard it's to call it a commission. college. Yeah, it's like it's similar, but you go through the like uh you know probably what usually a two year program or something like that, and you study the Bible, and then anyone within that sphere, right? If you're if someone who any church that accepts that theology will be like, that's awesome. Yeah, they can regurgitate everything we want them to. Perfect, and that's exactly. kind of like the narrative for church is like. Yeah. Our, can, did we turn out people just like us? And they're not exactly looking for free thinkers in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Do you have to pay for it? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like, I, oh, my God. I forgot how much it was. It was expensive, too. Like, it was, you know, it was it was a satellite. Um, it was uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College. It was like the sat, it was a satellite campus. And it like, you know, Chuck Smith, we had to do Chuck tapes, all that. And every every it was like by unit. I forgot how much it was. I'm sure it was like 300 or 400 a unit or something like that. Something crazy. Hopefully um, there's some sort of discount. It's like enter the promo code STR8 at checkout for 10 percent <laughs> off of conversion therapy. <laughs> For students. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Throw me a bone here, guys. That's going to be our promo code where I uh, yes. talk to Captain Cecil's about that. Enter promo code STR8. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I'm curious about you like... Read... Go ahead, Casey. I'm... So with conversion therapy, like I'm curious about how... Well, one, 
how long do you, do a lot of people stay in it? I'm sure it varies, but like, is it a long-term thing? And how do they keep you in? Because there's got to be like this mix of, I mean, if it's all doom and gloom and this is you and you're bad and this is all your fault, like people kind of reject that. Is there like the the lineage stuff and all of that? Is that like a way of deflecting it and saying like, this is not all your fault. This is something that's happened to you as well. Like there's got to be a balance there that keeps you like bought in and, and feeling good about it when it's not really giving you any positive results. No, that's a very good question. It's funny because I actually, I, it, it was so um, hypocritical because it was like on one hand, it was like environmental, like your your family, the way you were raised, the way that, you know, your father and your mother were or, or lack thereof is a byproduct of your homosexuality. But then it was like, but it's a sin and it's like, so then whose fault is so they, there never was really any clear guidance on whose, you know, quote unquote fault was it, but it was always taught that like, you know, you have, you have to um, take into consideration your environmental circumstances and deny the, the, the lust, if you will. Like, it's like, it's just like any type of sexual sin. As far as like how long people do it, I don't know. I mean, I got, to be honest, I got bored by it. Like, it was just one of those things where I was just like, Okay, great. It is the same shit over and over, different way. I mean, like you know, yeah. like it's like oh, like, it's either it's because like of your fans. To, uh, it's like <laughs> listening to Alex Jones, people. and he's yes. like, after the break, we're gonna get into the documents. We're gonna go through all of these, and like you never hear about the documents. It's just <laughs> are we getting right. the documents, Alex? Like, no, we're doing a commercial for Super Male Vitality real quick. Right. Well, I was shocked that Luke Wilson was in it for four years. Like that blew my mind. Like I couldn't imagine like, like how, how much shit he had to purge from his brain for being indoctrinated for that yeah. long with that bullshit. He's a bit of a like, bookworm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, gotta it, be grueling. Yeah. The environment Liberty puts you into is like, it. you have so many, like, there's so many like plausibility structures that make you feel like it's so reasonable. Like you're just so complete. I mean, I guess, I mean, you were completely surrounded by it too. I don't know. I, I, it's just like the, but the, this Liberty environment, it's like, if you're going to stay there, there isn't really, you can't really leave it. Like you can't, if, if you stop going, you're like, not, you don't care about your recovery. It's like when an alcoholic stops showing up to AA, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Something's yeah. going on here. And that they kind of make it like that. And yeah. you're so invested and involved in that community. And, and they know you so well that when you stop showing up, it's like people are then going to be like, hey, is everything OK? Like, yeah. How are you supposed to pull out of that? Yeah. And and the interesting thing about that is that my understanding with AA, it's 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 taught by people who have gone through that struggle. Like nobody that I have ever known is someone Ooh. who, you know, like it's always these straight white cisgender men, you know, like you just are so passionate about gay people recovering. Like, Literally <laughs> like, like almost like they're hiding it and they're like trying to like, you know, like, well, if, if they can do it, I can do it too. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, it's like, how, how do you like choose that as a career path? Like you have to have some sort of like inkling for, you know, it's homosexuality yeah, or something. Well, Sales is the same way. Like there's so many guys that are in sales that, that I've talked to and that I know, and, and like you try to pin them down yeah. on to answers on like, how did you make this happen over here? And the more they talk, the more you're like, they have no idea. They're just <laughs> riding the wave. 
You know, like the vibe this, right. this happened. They're getting the check. They're cool with yep. it, and it's a fake it till you make it sort of thing, or fake until it breaks. I guess till they close it down. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I remember. I mean, there was shit. Like, I mean, I, 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 they, they would be like, you know, we'll try dating women, or you know, like just stupid shit, where it was just like. Um, no, like I, there's like, we're not going from zero to 60 like this. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> cure me of homosexuality I, yeah. and then I'll date women. <laughs> you know? like, what an look, unfair thing to do okay to a lady women. too. <laughs> you know? Yes. I know. Yes. <laughs> and I have a story about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're, look, we're not okay with premarital sex and you definitely don't want to cross the line, but have you squeezed a boob? Right. right. Honest right. question. Uh, we'll forgive you if you have, if you haven't, we'll give you a pass. Uh, just take this card. You have to have this card in your pocket. Otherwise it doesn't count. Exactly. But... <laughs> it's like the hail Mary's for the evangelicals. <laughs> Grab a boob. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, I'm afraid of derailing this more, but I got to hear your story. He said, I have a story. I got to hear it. So I ended up, so, so this was while I was, uh, so I was the outreach pastor. So like, as you know, it's like, you know, the president, the vice president, you know, senior pastor, you know, assistant pastor. This is after you finished your Bible college. This is that, like you did that program or while you're in it. Uh, while I was in it. So I started okay. Bible college and then I started to gain the attention of the leadership team even more. I, I got their attention in Bible study because I was like, you know, I, I knew a lot of shit, you know, thank you. Gotquestions.org, another sponsor <laughs> uh, moment. <laughs> um, and so like I ended up, so, so a lot of the, the, the senior pastor ended up taking some, some people to Europe to plant a church there. Um, so the then senior pastor or assistant pastor became the senior pastor. He was looking to fill his cabinet and I was chosen as the outreach pastor. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> Like, I love the youth group. Those kids were amazing. Like if any, if any ministry or anything that I did that I felt alive, it was like being there for those kids. Cause like they were like, like, I remember like two of the kids that I discipled, like their fathers were not, were either not present or they, they just, they, they were like, you know, absentee parents, if you will. So those kids became gay, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like they <laughs> fit the character mold. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I taught them at an early age about same-sex attraction. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, like they like because I felt genuine. Like it was like I'm helping out, you know, these these specific kids. So when they told me I would be the outreach pastor, I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll you know I'll do this. And I and and then he like he told me that I was going to be a pastor, or well, that I that my title would be past outreach pastor. And so I was like gun ho about it. I started creating like you know harvest festivals, like you know Christmas weeks, like all this shit, like just doing all of that. Simultaneously, I was going to the Bible college. And then, so about a year, I think it was about a year into being a pastor, um, the, like he would do these like weekly meetings with me and they, they started off great. Like they were like devotionals, like he was like, you know, investing in me, like da, da, da. And then as time went on, it started to get more and more kind of weird. Um, and I talk about all of that in the book, but I won't bore you with those details right now, but, um, there was a, there was a moment where he pulled me into his office and he's like, Hey, like, you know, I want to ask you about your personal life. Have you been dating anybody? And I'm like, 
hell no. You know, I'm like, um, nope, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm building my ministry. I'm doing my thing, you know, and it was suspicious because I was, you know, 22, 23 year old um, struggling with same sex attraction, not even engaged, let alone married, you know? So it was like, there was big concern there. And so like the first meeting, it was just kind of like, you know, well, have you considered da da da? Like, no, we're good. You know? And then like the next week he pulled me in again and he's like, Hey, have you considered about, you know, what we talked about? And I'm like, what did we talk about? And he's like, you know, about dating. So then we went down, like it literally became like a Christian mingle, like session where it was like, like, no joke, worst, no joke. Like, went down a list of available women in the church of that I could potentially court. And I'm literally like in the scene, like, you know, I like coming up with every excuse for every single woman. And there was finally one of them and she's Sarah in the book. Um, And I was like, okay, fine. Like she's in the youth group. Like we, you know, she's, she's quiet. She's submissive. You know, she's a Proverbs 31 wife, you know, that bullshit. Like (laughs) dude, he got so desperate that he ran through everyone and then actually started naming married women. He was like, let's just, (laughs) wait, isn't that your wife? (laughs) Look, I'll let you just for fuck's sake, dude, show me that you're not gay. I'm going to watch you have sex with her. That's not my fantasy. That's what happened to the Falwells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, was, he was literally trying to like mentor a, a young man out of his same sex attraction. Bad boy, like, bang my wife and see yes. if you still like dudes. <laughs> Multiple and if times. I come all over myself in the corner. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh Bad my god! I gotta change my pants. The good news is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I genuinely am sorry. <laughs> oh God! Now, now I have like gay. Jerry Farwell's like juniors like come face in my mind. It's like, oh, did <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? He doesn't have like a wide degree of facial expression right. variation. He does. So it looks a lot like his looks... convo face. Yeah, <laughs> <Convo>. like. <laughs> <laughs> like that vacant, uh, like, uh, you know, I just took a Xanax on a flight look. That's kind of what he's frozen at. Like, like, uh, like, they're just like he, he might... just woke up and realized he's in a space with thousands of people. He's like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> right. Why is my zipper down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so great. So, so what? What do you think they told this this girl to make that happen? Well, that's the thing. I don't think she. Well, okay. So there was one girl that apparently had the hots for me, and I was like, absolutely not. Like, you know, I I, I didn't see her that way. Like, she was like my sister. You know, like it, like just super fun. And so, like, I knew that's a good question. Actually, I I don't know if she actually was um, pre. pre uh, uh, pre-warned if you will because like i started like he t- he was teaching me how to court her and i'm wondering if like her disciple ended up like you know kind of how you know you know how how to be courted you know i don't know like i, I wouldn't be surprised like that's a good question I would, I would love to know like the thought going through somebody's mind who has no affiliation with christianity is just listen to this and like i what is happening like is there notes here because <laughs> also can we be real? Like, gay people are probably the absolute 
if they were trying to court a woman, are going to be better at it than any straight guy trying to teach them how to court a woman. What the fuck does this guy yeah. think? Yeah, some roses. And like, look, just be yourself, but don't let her, just don't be gay and be yourself. And then she will fall in love with you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's the crazy thing. Like, this was all image. Like, you know, people, there was word, like, I wasn't like, openly uh, open about my struggle with same-sex attraction like people knew but like you know it was a small it was like a smaller church and people talked and all that but he was it was all about image for him he was just like look this doesn't look good you know like you're a pastor now and you're not married and you're struggling with same-sex attraction like and so and and you're right like the the poor woman like i mean she she apparently had a crush on me and i had no idea about it because i wasn't looking you know like it wasn't like so like Ended up like, you know, courting her for like a month or something like that. And literally like every single session with the senior pastor at that point was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I, I don't know if this is right. Da, da, da. And he would give me antidotes of, you know, like, well, if I knew, you know, uh, if I, you know, if I didn't do it or, you know, just his own personal experience, all that weird shit. Anyway, ended up like committing to her. And then like two weeks later after, like we went down and sat by the docks and, I told her about my struggle with same sex attraction and like how this relationship was really hard for me. And I, and, and she bursted out in tears, poor Ugh. girl, poor yeah. girl, like, oh, man, no joke. Like it, it was absolutely dead. Like I, I couldn't imagine what she was going through and like, but she still wanted to pursue this. And I was, and I did too, because like, I thought I was Abraham, you know, being like, literally, like, I remember, um, I hope I could find the journal entry about it, but I remember writing about like, you know, I'm, I'm like Abraham trying to sacrifice Isaac, you know, like, and my, you know, God's putting me up to this test to trust him. And I just need to persevere and literally said that to her. I said, persevere in this. And that didn't go well yeah <laughs> did not go well like, poor girl but me, also me... for you man that is so hard yeah. like you like you've been just like put on this journey where like this is the expectation you're expected to power through a relationship with someone it it's was like it's awful it's so unfair to both of you it's it's terrible man it was disgusting and this went on for eight months like it was Ugh. like this wasn't like okay after a month this is not like i even i even told her that like i plan and this was like within the month of dating her i told her i planned on proposing to her i just wasn't ready you know like because like because oh no because right so once <laughs> once i became got in a relationship with her the conversation with the senior pastor then became about okay when are you going to propose and I was like, God damn, dude, that's so, that's crazy. so dumb. Literally that's so stupid. Like, oh, it was so bad. Like, and it's like, they I, try to uh, rush it before you back out. Cause once you're married, you're stuck. Exactly. exactly. That's exactly it. Dude, he was so ready to write the book about how he fixed you too. I am this guy. <laughs> Could you imagine? Watch, well, he's probably now a conversion therapist somewhere. Like, <laughs> I hope he's gay. He, I bet he's, gay he, he's in Key West in like booty shorts, just having a great time. We can only hope. We can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it love was, that solution though. It's like, uh, you know, I, I, I know you're unhappy, but have you tried making a woman unhappy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That's brilliant. Very fulfilling. <laughs> very, yes. Oh my gosh. So brilliant. 
<laughs> there's times i wonder like the pastors i'm like how did you such an amazing woman get tied with such a douchebag you know like oh man <laughs> it's so sad like, yeah i think that's a, i think we've all experienced like any church anyone it's like that wow that pastor is like a four at best <laughs> right. on a good day and right. his wife's a 10 right <laughs> God right. must be real. I'll stay in this church for the next 25 years. In the absence of sexual chemistry, it will work. Right. <laughs> Instead of ordering a Russian bride, try Christianity. <laughs> if a gay man can date a woman, so can you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you did this for eight months, man. Oh. And then, God, I imagine it came to a bitter end. I can't imagine it. Absolutely. Great. Like, let's <laughs> shake hands on this and just go our separate ways. No, exactly. Right, right. Here's a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. Okay, so so it got to a point where the senior pastor just had enough of me because I literally, like, it wasn't even just weekly meetings. It was like texting. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing. What's going on? Like, he, he, he got burnt. I mean, he created a monster here. Like, it was just like... I feel like I'm I'm walking in shoes that are way too big for me. Like everything and anything I say offends her. Like I'm I'm offended. You know, it's just like it was just so he ended up pawning me off to the assistant pastor. And I wrote a whole chapter on this guy because this guy is like, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> the assistant, <laughs> the assistant pastor. I say in the book that if if misogyny was a team sport he would be the coach the captain and the cheerleader like this guy <laughs> oh. was like like at, well i don't know if i said that right coach and cap anyway it's written right <laughs> i proved it <laughs> i'm not a sports guy clearly <laughs> reason number 573 anyway yeah um, right. <laughs> well you're in good company cuz we're not sports guys <laughs> oh good okay <laughs> uh, but yeah what's a coach do no <laughs> What's a co- yeah right <laughs> i thought scrimmage was like an sti like i scrimmage i gotta stay home from school <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i remember being in soccer as a kid and people being like let's scrimmage and i'm like yeah let's do it and then they're like all right everybody let's scrimmage and then they line up i'm like what the fuck's a scrimmage i'm like standing out in the like middle of the fucking field no idea what i'm doing Hey, dude, so, uh, if you did happen to use that blue razor in the shower, I just want you to know I have, I have scrimmage. I have scrimmage, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> scrimmage hey, is water break, right? It feels like scrimmage is a water break. Right. <laughs> I just got tested, and I got to tell you, I got scrimmage, and you may be exposed <laughs> to it, too. <laughs> You're going to want to pick through your pumpkin patch pretty carefully. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Um, Yeah. So I ended up like being pawned off to this assistant pastor and literally the guy wanted from the get go, like even in Bible study, he wanted nothing to do with me. Like he knew I was like this flaming homosexual, like coming into the church, fab fiving everything. Like it was like, so and he was like this like Gothic guy, like literally I like, I learned within a matter of days that like his wardrobe only consisted of a black, je- black, uh, black pants, cargo pants and a black shirt. I mean, it, it the, the situation was dire. <laughs> cargo pants are a, are a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like what what militia are you a member of? 
<laughs> literally literally yeah now that i'm talking about him i'm afraid i'll put the alarm system on if you have too many f- pairs of cargo pants in your luggage they'll flag you for extra screening and that's that's a fact that's national policy <laughs> apparently it was worth it to him <laughs> maybe he just like to the cop, cop a fill but <laughs> you need cargo pants because what do you, how else are you going to carry your your Bible around. And, oh, there you, know, you go. Big pockets. That's what's necessary. Oh, <laughs> That's a, a small one. You can put it in one of those little like phone holsters. No, you can have your you can have your pocket New Testament, but if you don't have the full Schofield Study Bible stuffed into your cargo pants, who even are you? Really? <laughs> right. This is the are dumbest really tangent Christian? so far, for sure. <laughs> That does remind me of a conversation we had in the church where we questioned the, well, the senior pastor was questioning the validity of Christians who read a different translation than the New King James Version. But that's a whole other story. Oh, (laughs) planting his flag there. Literally getting saucy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so he like got pawned off on this guy. And I actually, now that I look at it, I'm like, poor guy. He literally hated me. Like, but he always would give like very vague Bible verses. He would make you come to your own conclusion. So after like a couple weeks of talking to him, because the senior pastor went off to like, literally went to a convention, said, goodbye, here you go. You know, <laughs> you're his problem now. Um, and I ended up like, like take interpreting from him that it was a good idea for me to break up with this poor girl. And I literally like, I, I, I skipped out of his fired. <laughs> I know. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, he came after me after that. That's like, this guy was like shady as shady can get. Like he ended up like having this vendetta. Cause I broke this girl's heart. He had done it to this, this one of my roommates, Jake, who's also in the book and was the inspiration for writing the book. Um, but like he ended up like, like had a vendetta against me. And and I think the senior pastor ended up like shielding me from that because like, I think he felt guilty for like how things had ended. And I mean, this poor girl like broke her heart. I mean, her heart wasn't broken for long. Two days later, she ended up dating someone else. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, here we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a very tragic situation. It just like, it really put a distaste in my mouth for all of it. <laughs> was that your first like after all going through all that was that like your first push out the door really do you think that was a drop in the bucket there were plenty of drops like i i talk about that and actually the the the, there were so many things like after that point they started controlling my social media they controlled who i was hanging out with they were controlling what music i was listening to like oh my god it was like i would literally post a it was a bible verse from james i think it was like james chapter four and it was like it was like a verse that that calvinists use and we were part of the armenian armenian uh faith system and they literally like i posted it and within i would count down the seconds when i would get a call or a text from the senior pastor asking me why i posted that verse and i needed to take it down because it 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 revealed my my calvinistic tendencies i mean it oh was oh my god dude that's like spiritual abuse you've suffered legit spiritual abuse at this was, point this is unreal were they just trying to push you out i think to be honest i like in hindsight i think that's what it was when i did actually leave I could tell the senior pastor was heartbroken. So I think what it was, was he was feeling the shoes of a, someone who was revered as a, as a great Bible study teacher and people in the church weren't, you know, I don't know. He, he was kind of mediocre. Um, so he, 
he was showing his authority and I think he was picking up a lot of the rules from the prior pastor and then putting them on steroids. And I think, I mean, now like, I mean, this isn't in the book, but like now that I process it, I think there's, I have a little bit more grace for him because I think he was, he was young as well, trying to figure things out and his way of, of, um, uh, keeping people obedient was having these harsh rules. And so, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I I know that the assistant pastor wanted me out in a in a second. Like he did. There were other people in the church that did too. They were intimidated because like I was like doing all these things and like I was getting recognition for like you know starting a juvenile hall ministry, doing homeless like homeless ministry, doing elderly all of these things. And there were always these backhanded comments that I started to uh, compliments that I was getting from people and stuff. So I knew shit was starting to hit the fan, and it was kind of, so yeah. I think there was an element of them trying to push me out, but I also think that there was an element of him just not really realizing what he did. Maybe one of those, like, like this kid needs structure. Let's uh, dial mm-hmm. up the pressure and it's sink or swim sort yep. of thing. Yeah. He's 22 and gay. Like, <laughs> you know, God knows where yeah. he's headed. <laughs> you got to figure it out. Or it's like they want, they were, it seemed like they were getting impatient, you know, with you not just figuring it out and, and doing what they want. Like they, there's a level of control that these like types of churches want, right? They want to, and of course it's validity. We've already talked about that. Seeing the things that you want to see confirm that what you're doing is true. Like they, and as you mentioned, having a level of grace for them now, you, it, you can look at it from the perspective as wrong as they are that like they've never dealt with something like this. Mm. It's now thrown at them. And I mean, the legitimacy of their, position could hinge on it like yeah. you know if also if you leave and start going to gay clubs and whatever it's like oh i now everyone's gonna look at me like a failure because yeah. i couldn't do what i had to do and or it's gonna people are gonna question probably wouldn't really question god so much they just say you chose a life of sin and god gave you over to your sinful desires because that's always works when they needed to so yeah but there is i mean again back to that conversation of so many layers to what's going on it doesn't make yeah. it less dangerous or traumatizing for the people involved, but it just, uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing, like in, in I like, you know, and, and I think we've all been there where it's like, we go through a phase of having an anger phase where it's like, you know, they did this to me, da, 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 you know, and, and I definitely had that. I mean, there were, you know, I think two or three years where, you know, I was just really angry because I was like, I was robbed of my college years. I was robbed of potentially finding a partner, you know, earlier on all these things. And then I realized like, I, it, it's funny because like full circle, I'm actually thankful for my, my past. Like I, I see it as this like, you know, cosmic, um, uh, event in the sense that like, I needed these things to realize that, that, um, I'm good and, and, and perfect just the way I am. Like I needed, I needed to go down this route, not to say that, you know, it, it, it wasn't harmful and it wasn't and it, you know, it, it, it didn't hurt or anything like that, but I see the silver lining through it all and really just being like, like I know the Bible better than a lot of Christians. Like when they say that home, like I remember being on a date with a guy and, and he's like, you know, like he's, he's like, Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm like, Oh. And then the conversation went into this, like, you know, he, he started having self-hating. Like he was just like, you know, God weeps at the side of gay parades and da da da. And I was like, can you tell me in the Bible where it says that homosexuality is a sin? Just give me one verse. And he's like, well, I, I don't really know the Bible that well. And I'm like, 
and then and then all shit went loose. And this was during my angry phase. And I literally ripped this guy a new asshole in a blue bottle coffee shop. It was just like everybody was looking at us. I was enraged. But I realized that like that was a reaction of of my own. I, I was triggered. Sure, I was yeah. like, how dare you say, you know, and then I found out through one of my roommates that he had. Uh, a self-hating complex because of things that happened in his life. I was able to impart grace to him on that and understanding, but you know, it, it, it's all a process. And that's what I've learned in this life. It's like, just as the universe is expanding, so are we expanding and we are evolving and we are growing. And so I don't, I don't look at my past as anything as like, as, as hurtful as it was, I don't see it as it being poor, you know, bad or, or, or it wasn't supposed to happen. I think it was meant to happen. Um, and, and I'm better for that today. That's, that's I like love... a, such a positive outlook on yeah, it. It's and beautiful. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, you know, it's starting to get cold out and stuff. And you, when you're coming out of summer, it's like the first day where it dips down into the forties, you're like, God, this sucks, you know? But I remember like the last summer that, or the last winter that I was in Michigan, it was like the polar vortex. And we had like, 33 days below zero and it was it was miserable like nothing i'd ever experienced before but when it finally like started to go back to normal i remember it being like 35 degrees and everyone was out without a coat on and it was like uh it was amazing it felt like you know it was the equivalent of feeling like 70 degrees you know on a normal situation but it's I know that's like a cheesy thing to say that like the 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 bad and the and the tough times really make you appreciate the good times, but it, it is true in a way. Yeah, it's like you you find a level of peace with who you are because you had to find it. Like you had to yeah. struggle through all that you know awful ideology and bad mindsets and all that kind of stuff to get to the point where you're at now. Not perfect, but much healthier than what it was. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I completely agree with that. It, it's, it's like, I wish I hadn't had to go down that route, but it, but I'm thankful that I did. Like, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And now you have your book, your resource, you, people can resonate with your story. They can find themselves in it. You know, that's like it or not, like countless kids are still going to grow up in that kind of an environment and they need people like you uh, to, to help them see that there's a way out that they don't have to be that just any example or shining light um that they can connect with is important you know yeah. it's so I, I love it i mean i i want to i feel like i want to just keep talking i want to hear where this all ends but i suppose that's um you know your how you found your way out of the church i guess people can read your book to get the uh the rest of the story here but this has been so much fun, George. I'm so glad we had you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been, av- I again, like I love listening to the podcast and just hearing your perspectives and what you've been through. And so to be able to like have this communal, I, I think there was one podcast where you're talking about where like you talk to people who've been through that experience. And you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. Like, yeah. it. It's just like we're few and far between, but it's just so sweet when we get to get together. So thank you so much for this. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah. Is, is your book out now? 
So we are releasing it uh, February 14th, uh, just in time for Valentine's Day. We're going to have a self-love push. Yeah. Yeah. So it's available for pre-order now on my website. Um, I'm trying to work with Amazon. It's, it's been a shit show with them. I, I don't know. I, I, I talked to my publisher about it. I'm just like, you figure it out. So, <laughs> so it's not on, it's on Kindle, but it's not, it's not um, available for hardback. It's only on my website for now. Okay. And where can people find you on social media and stuff like that? Like, is it, do you have a uh, profiles that you promote? Yeah, I'm uh, mostly on Instagram. I love Instagram um, at my gay church days. Um, I'm trying to try out Twitter. It, <laughs> I've had I've had some help. It's with a that. weird world, man. Twitter is a world it. that it's it's like uh, it's like the octagon. You want to be front row at this like the, the, <laughs> the show octagon. of your lifetime? It's, what crazy? It's like the octagon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you're trying to you want to be like front row at the show of the lifetime like the oh yeah. my god this is what I've I've lived for this moment and you're like stuck in the back and you have to push your way to the front like that's literally like you, can't, you I mean it's like oh if you want to get new followers you have to tweet 100 times a day yep. you gotta be funny you gotta be on all the time yeah you gotta go viral it's like it's so wild it's a yep. weird space. I haven't quite figured it out. I heard but... I went viral and I was like, wait, what did I contract? Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like viral once. I got once. the scrimmage like, again. You got, I got scrimmage. scrimmage. God damn it. I mean, oops, sorry, God. <laughs> um, yeah, Instagram's great. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of that one too. So your My Gay Church Days on Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, so My Gay Church Days, Instagram, Twitter, and then uh, www.mygaychurchdays.com. And then I'm trying out TikTok with, it's also My Gay Church Days, if I couldn't belabor the point. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking <laughs> with that brand. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. This has been so much fun. I'm looking forward to uh, oh, talking again sometime, staying in touch. Please. And I'm looking forward to the release. I'm looking forward to giving your book a read, man. I know uh, it's going to be good. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time.